Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 81 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Allie. Yee-haw! <laughs> Get Bera. along, little oh. doggy. That's right. Bera. Hey, everybody. And Tristan. My God. I'm a gringo like me. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Why did the cowboy get a corgi? Because uh, he wanted a long little doggy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Dachshund works too, but... No, corgis are better than dachshunds. Yeah, corgis are cool. Yeah, they are. But, uh, so that, that would God, be- way to ruin my joke, Tristan. And, and you know what else is cool? <laughs> spoiler cast is really cool. And the spoiler cast is our look at... Um, a game we've recently completed, or a show, or a movie that we've recently watched. We want to talk about it. We spoil it from start to finish. Give us our full thoughts, what we thought about the um, the product, the thing, the art. Um, we usually do that. I'll leave a timestamp around the middle of the episode. Uh, but um, for uh, to start, it's been a while, uh, as evidenced by me vamping over here and trying to figure out how to talk again uh but let's <laughs> let's get st- yeah let's get started and we'll we'll talk about a little bit about what games we've been playing overall because oh by the way today's episode is about a game that came out a little while ago red dead redemption 2 it's almost like yeah. we're just now finally coming out of the summer games drought yeah and um We'll be spoiling that from start to finish, probably spoiling and talking through some of the original Red Dead as well when we get there. But before we do that, we're just going to talk uh, without spoilers about some of the stuff, other stuff we've been doing and playing more recently. And I do want to get in, uh, in on the consoles at some point, too, just as a like, little teaser for later in the episode. Um, but I guess I'll go backwards from the way I started and jump to Tristan. What have you been up to? So uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff uh, for Games Day with extra life oh oh yeah we should probably talk about that a little bit but go ahead you talk about that a little bit um i've been you know still waiting for cyberpunk yep still waiting um i have um i have the update for double may cry 5 ready to go i've been super busy at work recently uh because you know we're getting into holiday so i've not had the chance to sit down and just gush over Virgil. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I finally have nice. the actual day off and I don't need to do shit. So, <laughs> um, and apart, so I've been mainly spending what free time I do have playing Fate. Go. Fate Grand Order. Um, for those of you in the know and following my salty adventures, <laughs> um, I wasn't able to do uh, one of the Halloween events because I hadn't gone far enough in the storyline. Made me very sad. I couldn't go to Oniland. Um, so I've been focusing on the storyline. And I'm almost, for those of you in the know, I'm almost done with the second Lost Belt. And I have completed all the pseudo-singularities. And uh, Lost Belt 3 actually like just dropped like a week ago. Um, so the next whole campaign is now ready. I'm almost there. Cool. At some point, I'll have to do the uh, ultimate uh, waifu husbando ranking tier list video. I'll probably stream that at some point on Twitch. Nice. 
to nice. you all and, and he... find out what my terrible, terrible tastes are. <laughs> uh, have you been playing anything else at all? I know a lot of us have been playing, like, that one thing lately. Yeah. Um, mainly, other than that, mainly just No More Heroes on Switch. Because mm. that game's awesome. Nice. And how does that hold up to the like? How does that compare to the original? Like, what are the differences? Or because uh, the original came out in the Wii, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, the original See came out on the Wii. way back when. Um, the so you can play it docked, which feels weird because when you play it docked with the Joy Cons docked, you just use the sticks for stuff like the slashes and the wrestling moves. Uh, when you when you take it, when you have the joy cons off, it gets back into the original like motion stuff for doing, for doing the moves. Um, but the joy cons are, if anything, more precise than the Wii mode was. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, I feel the same way, Tris. So a few, so things feel a little weirder to do. Um, like when you're doing the Doctor Peace mission, uh, you get the point where you have to. S- where you have to swing at the pitchers. And on the Wii, it was just just a swing. On uh, the Joy-Cons, it actually wants you to actually do, like, a baseball swing. Which oh, cool. really threw me off. Yep. Well, I mean, that sounds more interesting, and obviously technology. You know, one of the things that's interesting about the Switch in general, and even the Wii U to that matters, it's they haven't really lost a lot of the functionality that they started with with the Wii. They've just made it better. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people lose because the Switch has such a unique selling point in and of itself. But Yeah, I, um, I've been playing that a lot too, not to get too much into what I've been up to, but it's really... I've, so I've tried it docked, and I've tried it in handheld, and I'm realizing I really love playing the Switch in handheld, but I find that I can't play it in handheld mode if it's something that involves a lot of movement. And the No More Heroes games typically involve a lot of movement, especially on the sticks, and I find that hurts my hands pretty quickly. So, like, Pokemon I'll play in handheld mode. Like, absolutely, Animal Crossing handheld mode feels great. I will play No More Heroes in handheld mode, but I'd rather play it docked. Yeah. It's it's not the same. You gotta gotta get that shaking going to recharge your Pim Katana. Mm-hmm. It's still. I think it looks and plays really well, though. I was a little worried Mm -hmm. because some people, initial reviews were saying like, "Oh, it's got frame rate issues," or like it doesn't look as nice. But I think it looks and plays just fine. Do do these people remember playing No More Heroes on the Wii? Yeah, I don't think (laughs) they do. Hold on, let me charge up this. (laughs) Let me charge up this beam slash and instantly decapitate like five guys. And oh god, it's a slideshow. Yeah, and I just, it's such like a, uh, I was getting, we were talking earlier before we started recording about junk food games and like, what is a junk food game? And I'd almost classified No More Heroes being slightly junk foody in the sense of like, it's really fun and really good, but it's one of those games you definitely have to recommend to someone with a lot of caveats, yeah. <laughs> like both gameplay wise and so character wise. It came out originally on the Wii. Suda51 is a weird guy. Yeah. 
And it's nice, though, because now all the No More Hero games are in one place. So you can play one, two, Travis Strikes again, slash back, and then three, which is coming out, I believe, next year. And it's really nice to just have everything in one place. Wait, so there's going to be a third No More Heroes game? Yes! Technically, it's I thought it was. I thought the series was dead. No. Have you not heard me and Tristan screaming about this? Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. No, well, I missed your I missed your shrieking in my life. Both of you. That's nice. So yeah, I, I actually do remember how bad the frame stuttering was. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that it must be pretty special frame stuttering, because I like you took me right back when you talked about it. Um, but that's really cool. That's cool. And Allie, while you have the floor and mm-hmm. just do a beautiful transition. Um, what else have you been up to? Um, so I picked up No More Heroes like Tris did. Um, again, still just lots of FF14. There's going to be a big patch coming out, 5.4, on um, next Tuesday, the, the 8th, um, which should be really exciting. They're adding like a whole bunch of new things to the game. And I just, it's the game that keeps on giving. Genshin, I've been replaying Mirror uh, Automata on PC, which has been really fun. It plays really nicely. I know some people kind of had, like, issues with the PC launch at first, but I think it plays really well. And I haven't been playing it, but I've watched my husband play through pretty much the entirety of Yakuza 7. And now he's doing all the, like, endgame content where you do, like, there's a series of, like, battle towers you have to do, Mm -hmm. and he's grinding for, like, the actual last battle tower, because he walked in and got one-shotted. Yep. And they're like, your character needs to be level, like, 90 to do this. And he's like, well, okay. (laughs) The Amon fights, the Amons, they do not fuck around. We we had a moment where, like, he walks into a room, and I'm like, is that Kiryu? And he goes, oh, shit, it's Mm. Kiryu. Mm -hmm. God damn it. It's like, yes, right. Fucking dragon of... Dojima. I've I asked him like what's wrong? He's like, I don't I don't have a lot of ice in my party right now. I've kind of invested heavily into Thunder. <laughs> but it's such a it's a weird game, like all the Yakuza games, but it's from what I've seen, really good. I need to finish plotting along through all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm nowhere near ready to play seven yet in terms of like plot. Well, I mean I mean, so realistically like you, you should playing them all is great. Realistically, zero, Kawami, Kawami two, and six. I'm are... gonna play them all. Yeah, except the zombie one. Yeah, De- Dead Souls just has serious issues. the The it's engine was not made for guns. The best thing to do for Dead Souls is just watch all the cutscenes online, and just soak up the Majima. Yeah, but that's what I've mostly been playing lately. And, uh, yeah. How about so, you, Vera? Well, actually, I was just going to quickly say, Tristan, have you... Maybe I maybe I lost it somewhere, but have you played Like a Dragon yet? I have not picked up Yakuza 7 yet. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting, I think, for all of the final, like, reviews to come in. I, it's really weird to me that it's now a turn-based RPG. Oh, Tristan, it's, it's, it's great. You'll love it. Go pick it up. Like, um... If you're going to believe anybody about whether or not it's good, please go do it. It does such a good job of translating into a turn 
RPG based system. I just and the I, characters you get and the classes you get are amazing. It's still <laughs> that really good Yakuza storytelling where like on one hand it's a serious crime drama that makes you cry, and on the other hand, you can ri- run around fighting people with a vibrator as a weapon. Yep, like, I I've seen that. I've seen the I've seen the uh massager. <laughs> like it's it's so good. I would not hesitate, Tristan. Spoilers, the final bi- boss fight against Kiryu, he's still using the dragon system while you're stuck in turn-based. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh. um. So, Barry, you should play Yakuza. Okay. Do it. Just do it already. But, Barry, what else have you been playing that's been stopping you from I've playing been playing Yakuza? Red Dead Redemption 2, which is what we're going to be casting about. Uh, that has really been the only game I've been playing, but I've been playing a lot of it, because that game is lengthy, and, but, at, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's fucking beautiful. Like, there is very, I mean, I don't think in general, I don't think anyone really regrets putting time into a long game, unless it's just like, you know, it, uh, unless it's begin. It, I mean, there are exceptions. I don't think I necessarily um, regret putting time into the Far Cry. We're going to ex- we're going to milk. Uh, uh, we're going to use imagery from like right wing American batshit militias while at the same time not actually making any kind of actual stand. But that's probably about the closest thing to a game I played a lot of where it just had a felt had a terrible taste in my mouth because of sh- shitty, stupid nihilistic bullshit ending um red dead redemption 2 is like the exact opposite of that like it is it's a beautiful beautiful story um the mechanics are pretty much designed like you know help to tell that story it's great as a game it's great as a world uh i will gush about it when we i'll gush about it more but uh i'll just say that that's what my time has been and I really think if you start playing Red Dead 2, that becomes your gaming life until you finish it. And that's not a bad thing, because it's it's a treat. It is a real treat to be going through that story and that game. Yep. It is a big, big old game, and we'll talk about it, but yeah. And oh, I do, do... Have a, I do have one more thing I, I kind of need to um, confess. So I broke down... And cashed in all of my, all my street cred, all of my, uh, oh, all of my integrity, um, and I got Star Wars Squadrons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? And I have to say, it is probably the best Star Wars game we've gotten in years uh who it made is... i know it's ea published but who uh who developed it oh um oh god it's it's okay if you don't know it's not the end of the world <laughs> uh they start with an they start with an my uncle jim of... who works at nintendo it's not respawn is it no um oh, no, maybe it's... it's not it's not respawn it's one of the smaller studios under ea um but first of all, it as soon as I got in, it was like, oh my god, 
This is just like TIE Fighter and X-Wing, but like brought forward. This is like games from my childhood. And it has full VR support. So I busted out my PlayStation VR and I put it on. And the mission I busted it out for is like, cool, this is your first mission in X-Wing. We're going to run you through your pre-flight check. And you're sitting in the cockpit in VR. And you're going through your pre-flight. You're throwing all the switches. You're checking your scanners. They're dropping in the astromech behind you. And you can turn around and see them lowering him in. You see him back there like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Yeah? I don't I don't understand beeps and bloops. But hey, that that's cool. You do you, buddy. Um... It's actually, it is actually really good. So um, I don't want to make you super jealous or anything, but quarantining, uh, accepting uh, and approved, uh, I might visit a friend in the Providence area who owns a brand new HP VR setup that's like 4K VR or some craziness uh, like that. Fancy schmancy. And... He, so he's a big Star Wars fan. Like He has an entire sleeve dedicated <laughs> to Star Wars. Um, and he uh, he's invited me to come down and try try that out. Uh, squadrons in the 4K VR <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> with like these uh, crazy big surround nice. sound headphones. It is really nice. My one complaint um, is that it is balanced for multiplayer. Uh-huh. As opposed to being balanced for canon. Okay. So the idea is that the uh, rebellion ships and the imperial ships are all like somewhat fairly equal, and it's like no, an X-wing is like apart from acceleration and turning radius, an X-wing is just a better fighter than a Tie fighter. Like. Like, that's my one big complaint, is that, that things are, are, are balanced weirdly um, because of that. Like, when you played TIE Fighter, the big problem with TIE Fighter was surviving long enough in the campaign to get to the point where you actually got the good ships. Yeah. It, it, it's, still, it's still pretty, pretty, pretty damn cool. Well, I've been doing my my absolute best with the various major publishers. Um, definitely avoiding Ubisoft, continuing to do so. Yep. Luckily, Hell yeah, brother. L- luckily, none of their games interest me whatsoever. Not anymore. Yeah, I uh... and, 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 agreed. And, Just, and, the, and the only yeah. game that was coming out that may have interested me doesn't look all that good now that it's out, and that's that Immortals Phoenix Rising thing. Um, Did anybody think that was going to be good? I don't know. I mean, it was a Breath of the Wild thing, so I was like, okay. You want a but... Breath of the Wild thing from 2020? Play Genshin Impact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, I saw the reviews and some like some some screens, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's not looking so hot there. Yep. Um, like they just came out with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's like. It has nothing new or interesting. It's just another long-ass fucking sandbox. Now, I don't know what what's going on at EA. Like, I don't know if there are any other large-scale... Oh, they're like... still awful. 
yeah, I know EA themselves, like, in their practices, same thing with Activision, but, like, Ubisoft has, like, other stuff going on. Oh, yeah! That That's that's getting uh, publicized, and I don't know if EA does or not, so I can't speak to that. I mean, the big thing that a lot of people have been talking about with EA is the layoffs. Yeah. Yep. Or am I thinking of Activision Blizzard? Or both. is it both of them? You're thinking of both. <laughs> both of them. Okay. Like, that's the main thing, like, with Ubisoft, and I'm not going to be shy to say it, like... Ubisoft has been covering for people who abuse right. their workers exactly. in a multitude of horrible ways for years and and the decades who, and the person who was friends with them and knew them all like personally but somehow has no knowledge of any of this is still the CEO so you know what yep well I mean you know it's the games industry is fucking toxic and oh it's super uh, toxic. And you know what I will what what I will say too is you know like I'm about to heap a lot of praise on Red Dead Redemption too, right? But yep. there's a lot of toxic shit that went down in Rockstar. Yeah. Oh and yeah, there's a oh, big yeah. caveat there. It's and and you know I mean like they created a great piece of art, but it's you know there there is yeah it, 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 it was art at the expense of like the health a of lot of people of people. And, and not just the health of people. Like, there's a lot of like basic dig. There's a lot of basic dignity shit, and also compensation shit that that I think happens in the video game industry in many ways because it's not organized. Um, I mean, you know, there is shitty, awful stuff that happens in movies um, and in the movie industry. And you know, we've been seeing thanks to both Me Too and just a, a whole other thing that there. You know, like let's not let's not give Hollywood a free pass here. But let's also acknowledge that like Hollywood being a big union town means that like at least people get fucking paid. You can't say yeah. that about the you can't say that about the video game industry. There's so right. many workers who are in a precarious situation who do not get any kind of reasonable slice of the pie from no. this massive amount of stuff. And also, there's just like certain like practices that would be like unacceptable. In the day. Like, with Rockstar, they were literally, like, for a while before they began to just, like, clean up their act because they realized, oh, shit, it can, well, we're going to get this shit suit off of us. They're, like, having meetings at strip clubs and stuff. And, yeah. like, that's something that, like, you, that's just not and shouldn't be a part of normal corporate culture. And, like, I am not, that's not any shame against sex workers, etc., but that's not a workplace thing. Like, you know, you no, want to do something really, outside like... of your time, that's great, but just don't... Don't do that, that. Can make people uncomfortable. Is a workplace yeah. function, and that's not cool. Well, it also felt very much like this, like dehumanizing thing towards like the dancers. Like, oh hey, let's go observe them and see how they interact, but not really talk to them about it. Ask them their thoughts and feelings on this thing. Let's just go watch them like they're animals in a zoo. Right. Yep. Like. Yeah. No. Rockstar. They're... Rockstar. Poo poo pee pee. Yeah, there's. That's yeah. my my very professional assessment. Rockstar poo poo pee pee. There's yeah. The, in terms of like good guys in AAA gaming at this point, uh, <laughs> I mean and that's like, an oxymoron. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at the moment, the closest thing I can think of, and they're not even AAA. Is like you know, is the studio that made Control. I haven't heard anything awful about them, but you know what? At this, but you know, you just you, you uh, But that's also just like a. I don't know. And I mean, there's there's also a huge thing to be said versus like the developer remedy versus their publisher. Right. Five hundred five games. Yeah. Who right. are absolutely gross. 
So yeah. Remedy might be okay, but we know 505 is trash. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it sure is really getting hard to enjoy games without having to stack on a butt-ton of caveats. But, I mean, at the same time, it's really good that people are acknowledging this stuff because how is anything going to get fixed if we don't get talk right. about it? Yeah. No, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we're, we're beginning to have conversations around things like workers' rights and uh, in toxic practices in the games industry. And, like, you know, for instance, you know, like, we're going to talk... Cyberpunk 2077 is a ridiculous situation. They said they weren't going to do crunch. No, they are. But the fact that they're having... This CD Projekt Red is having this conversation and the fact that there is... Um, that they that they're getting pressure and feeling like they're going they have to try to behave someone ethically is encouraging. Um, yeah, I really hope they do. It's this weird thing that I know other like people like just in like gaming audiences like, hey, it's okay to like talk about the negative things companies that we do like yeah. do because. I mean, Gamers. it's like how Bethesda used to be the, like, industry darling, because everybody was like, yeah, Todd, do whatever you want, Todd. And now people are like, it's cool to dunk on Bethesda because they do stupid stuff. All the time. I think All the time. Wh- where I draw the line on a lot of this stuff is who owns the means of production. Mm. And when you go mm-hmm. back and you, and this isn't like some, I'm not, this isn't to mean like some sort of, like, socialist capitalist thing, I'm... Ooh. I'm going down here, but what, what I'm saying is when you when you look when you look at um, a lot of old stories of like how games like Diablo and other games were first made, you know all these developers always talk about how crunch is a necessary thing and how it's like a passion and all this other stuff. But I think the key difference is that you had these teams of like five people, of ten people, of twenty people who right were making this game for themselves and they were the company yeah <laughs> no i mean that's, that's a really important thing uh go on ali I'll, I'll, I'll... i was gonna say and it ties into this whole thing of like this really gross mindset that we have of it's okay to torture yourself for your art when it's really not like your health matters so I, i'm gonna go out and say like i i think uh well <laughs> I, I think Dan made a very good point about the means of production, and I will also say in terms of a socialist capitalist thing that, like, you know, um, worker ownership on the means of production is, like, probably the best definition of, of socialism and, like, the best guide point in Dive Star that you could do to it, which, you know, games, there's there's a few cooperatives and stuff, but games and the rest of society are no nowhere near there in terms of, like, a meaningful way. And, again, it's also, it's, it's not the state, it's worker ownership, although you could do it in regards not going to get into my leftism. What we are going to get into, though, is is that Dan is 100% right in terms of, like, small team, like, the games industry, I think, used to be, and for some indies it still is, the people making the game got the profits. So, yes, right. they work crazy hours, but if it was a hit, they would make crazy money. And right. to me, the insidious thing about crunch isn't that people are working 60 hours a week. That's bad, and they should spread it out so people aren't doing it it's more that a lot of times it's not properly compensated and that's fucking evil because that's the thing is like if they want to just give have people work 60 hours a week they better be paying overtime and i would argue also double overtime after after a certain amount of things it's just like you know there are plenty of construction workers and stuff and cop and you know and cops and people who do work insane amount of hours who 
then also getting compensate, compensated a huge amount. But that's not yeah. the story in the games media, and I think we'd have a very different conversation around crunch if it was just noted that, like, oh, yeah, you're getting paid extra for every hour you work over 40. Um, and to me, that's the thing that really sticks in my craw the most, and I think it's, again, because these people are con- either contractors or employ- or employees in a precarious position, and they're not... And they, they don't control this product. So, like, A, I think it's a shitty way to rail the gout and they, they, you shouldn't force your people to work it. But if you people are working it, they need to be mm-hmm. compensated. They need yeah. to be paid. And that means for every hour they work, and that means fucking overtime. Yeah. Uh, overtime and overtime and stacks like, up. I'm thinking of, uh, and I know I'm not the first person to talk about it, but the story that people who work at EA can't even afford to buy the food in the cafeteria. Because they're paid so poorly. Yeah. In their own place of work, they can't feed themselves. Yeah, that's that's the ludicrous bullshit. No, it's ridiculous, and it's wrong. And the games industry makes so much money, and it treats its workers in a way that is... that is just, like, it's, it's, uh, that, that, that's unacceptable. And yeah, I do think it's from, in many ways, tradi- it's large, big companies exploiting traditions that... Um, made a, if not a degree, made sense. It's not the, not to say it's good to have five people pouring their heart and soul out into a game and, you know, and working way too many hours and burning out, you know, their social lives and their relationships and so on and so forth in order to get something out that if it succeeds, they'll make a ton of money. Like, that's not necessarily a good thing. But you could yeah. understand that model. And you can understand how there is, like, a degree of fairness and adjustment, even though, like, you shouldn't be sacrificing your health and your relationships for your job. That's not healthy or good. That's not what you we should be telling adults, and especially young adults, to do. But you should never be sacrificing your health and relationships when the reward is just getting paid for 40 of the 60 hours you're working and you're doing and, 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 and not well. And not well. And not well. <laughs> and not well. And, not and well. thrown out as soon as you become disgruntled. Or, or as soon as the game is released, it becomes a hit. No, right. we don't need you anymore. Fuck don't off. Need you anymore. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it didn't score a 99 on Metacritic. Sorry, you're not going to get okay. that bonus. Go back and uh, help your girlfriend move out of your apartment because she's uh, she couldn't ha- she couldn't take being neglected anymore because you had to choose us, your shitty job, over her. Also, also gamers. Pack up the boxes. Sorry, this is getting really dark. <laughs> no, I was gonna say as as dark as this gets, this is honestly one of my favorite parts of the show where we just talk about how capitalism is bad. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of the worst. Wow. Chin hands. It's really bad, y'all. Also, also gamers, gamers, stop simping for developers. They owe you. Please. You owe them nothing. They owe you everything that's the point that's the idea they have a service you pay them money for said service or product and if that service or product isn't what it is meant to be that is on them yeah stop (laughs) simping i just i don't understand like i get liking a thing a lot and being like oh wow cool like Yay, but, like, I don't understand these people who go on Twitter, who go on Facebook, who go on Twitch, and are like, Stop bullying Ubisoft! 
think of the good people that make the games. It's hard for me to think of the good people that make the games when the bad people are still there mistreating the good people. And making yep. all the money. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's not just about, oh, thinking the good people. It's like, the literal setup of these companies means that the shitty folks make the money and don't have to put in node and don't yeah. have to deal with the shitty conditions. Don't give me that BS of, well, you should still buy the games so the good people have money. And it's like, it's like no, no, no. They're just going to get laid off anyway. Yeah, they're like... just going to get laid off anyways. <laughs> and, like, I mean... a lot of the people that they, like, you know, that left Ubisoft within this last year, they still have shares in the company. Yeah. Ubi they're still making money. So what exactly? So so what was the uniquely awful thing that happened with that happened with Ubisoft, where these fuckers had to leave? Well, I don't know if it's uniquely awful, but yeah. what was the specific awful thing that happened here? Just in, a lot, in the short. a lot of basically Sex, sexual abuse scandals. Yeah, oh. a lot of sexual abuse oh, wow. from a shit ton of higher ups. Yeah. yeah, like almost all of like a lot of the chief officers and who were actively protected yeah. by human resources and shuffled around. Yep. Wow. So like, did I take it they made it hell for you to be a to be a woman or female presenting in that place? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. At minimum. At minimum. Mm, At minimum. Yeah. Well, that is. They also had they also had meetings at strip clubs. So. Also, what the fuck is this thing about having meetings know. at strip clubs? I don't know. Like, I, because we like women. And we like women to look nice, pretty, good for me, man. Unga bunga. So I'm when sorry. You, so, so, so just like do the do that in not work, in not work. I'm sorry, right? but there's a time and a place to pay get to properly pay and tip sectors if they want to do that. That's not at work. Mm -hmm. That's not at work. Well, just to clear up a, a thing, sex workers or erotic dancers, because not all erotic dancers yeah, not, are sex workers. No, I mean, yeah, I, not I'm all, not using sex work as a euphemism for... Oh, but I'm not using that as a euphemism for uh, for, for uh, prostitution. I'm using it as a uh, is, um, the term for, like... It's my understanding that sex work go, go, is really anything that use it where you're using your sexuality. It doesn't mean that you're you're touching okay. or having, having Yeah, I, I'm not super knowledgeable on this stuff either, as you can as you can tell. Wait, so I mean, I think... if we have any listeners who are erotic dancers and are sex workers and would like to educate us on whether erotic dancers like to also be referred to as sex workers, please let us know. Definitely. And if it's I wish it, to be educated. Yes, my understanding is not, but like I could be I could be wrong and either way, you're you know you, these these people are trash. Y'all are good. Um, yeah. And by please. these people, I mean Ubisoft executives. <laughs> hey, I have another professional opinion. Ubisoft poo poo pee pee. <laughs> yeah. Jesus I, Christ. I honestly can't remember the last time I actively enjoyed a Ubisoft game. I I remember it was like 2015, and I played Far Cry Primal. Was um. Or was it 2016? Yeah, was no, Mario vs. Rabbids? Technically, yeah, that was game. that was Ubisoft because yeah. they own the Rabbids. Yeah, yep. that was kind of fun. <laughs> that was. I heard really nice things about that game. <laughs> See, here's the thing, though, is that I was spoiled because I play XCOM. Yeah. And I was like, this is just XCOM with like less game mechanics. So, so question: How awful or not awful is Nintendo at this point? Because I haven't heard terrible. Nintendo things. is weird. Yeah, because they're they're like five years behind everyone else for, like, trends and stuff. But they also still have 
some morals, apparently. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't speak to their. Um, I can't speak to their like any scandals on the Nintendo side, to be honest. But maybe they have good PR for that reason. It's um, possible that they ha- that they're really good with their PR. I think there's also something that I think would be interesting to take a look at and. This is not my own. I think this was something that uh, Bob Chipman put up um, is 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 interpretation, which seems to make a lot of sense. Or maybe it was Sterling. One of those. One of those two folks I really enjoy is that uh, you know other these AAA gaming has like a whole live service bullshit model at the moment. Like even Red Dead has an online with a beautiful single player campaign uh, and has a you know has a live service online thing, which is blessedly separate from the main story. Thank goodness, but. It's there. Like this is, this is the uh, you know this is the way that people are going. And Nintendo seems to function actually like a toy company. Like their model seems to be that like oh you know we're going to create these these experiences oftentimes tied with physical media and people and we're and we're going to have a number a lot of them <laughs> be single player and they're going to be intricate and play on nostalgia. And uh, also play on, like, you know, also selling games to children. And I think that that culture of, like, oh, of, like, I think there's, I just think it creates, and not necessarily saying that, like, bad things haven't happened at Nintendo, but I think maybe the reason why you're seeing less stuff is that the culture of, like, oh, let's make toys and play on nostalgia is still, and, uh, and let's, and let's care about, like, our, our game is, like, is, like, a, is a craft product as opposed to let's create a playground which addicts people with uh, with with bad with with problems with addiction is very different and it creates very different incentives and it brings in different people yeah i also i and i can't speak for the crunch piece i'll bet there's some crunch at nintendo of course um i I will say that financially there there have been situations in which the company doesn't do as well and i know that like leadership will often step up like i yeah, know at one point I mean, awada took a huge pay cut so that no nobody had to lose their job and just, yeah. just like you know there there are there are good stories there i just don't know if they're just you know hiding the bad i mean i think it's also <laughs> yeah, good it's... and bad japanese culture is different than u.s yes, culture exactly and, right yeah and well, also, there's yeah i actually i wanted to say um speaking of good thing good things in corporate culture square enix recently announced that they are going to keep their work from home uh stuff as an option for people nice like even when the pandemic is over so like all the times that all the times that your bosses say you couldn't work from home they were lying look there's gonna be a revolution in work um post pandemic because the the pandemic is going back well i mean the pandemic is incredibly incredibly weird in that uh some of us have really have have it's really made us suffer and not and you know like and mess with our income etc and others of us and i will include myself here even though i am not a high income professional as a journalist but like my life has not changed and if anything i've been able to like save more and stuff etc and i got a free 1200 because like i could do all of my work from home and there is a stark and that and the fact of the matter that I've been able to keep my productivity, if not increase it from home, is I think the same story throughout all these industries where work from home is possible. So when we're getting out of this pandemic, knock on wood, 
there's going to be there's no logic for companies to mandate that you come into the office every day because there's literally tons of data that's going to show it doesn't matter you're going to produce um you can you can produce the same amount of work it's we aren't going back and we shouldn't go back and all that a corporate boardroom has to show is that production went up or stayed the same and you know costs went down (laughs) and you're like oh well i mean i will like letting people work from the comfort of their home especially when you are disabled is a really good thing it's good it's also honestly good for you know just the gen for for economics in america in general the more people who can like work from home with a good internet connection the more options people have to move back to their small town if it happens to have good internet which is not all small towns and like yeah. re- and take their take their New York City sized paycheck and reinvest it in the com- reinvest it in the community. Yeah. Um, so like and when I say the difference between doing something in rural Massachusetts, the difference between a hundred thousand dollars and in rural New York, rural Pennsylvania, rural Maine or Wisconsin, and a hundred thousand dollars in Brooklyn is night and day, both yeah. for like your own personal comfort and of your family, and also like what you like. $100,000 in, like, you know, rural New York, you will be able to eat out and eat well with your family, like, support the arts, give to charity. To, like, it's like, you are rolling. You're not rolling if yeah. it's $100,000, bro. Like, don't go me wrong. You're still firmly in the middle class, but you are you are not rolling whatsoever. It gives you a lot more uh, opportunities, I think, to put your money towards, like, things that you find more important to and i mean exactly. that is to say if you have the privilege of still being able to work during the, the pandemic we are getting off on a tangent here no I love video do games. the thing <laughs> do the thing Allie. you want to do the thing get on that soapbox if you were saying no it's just like i would really hope that this is the future um that we get going forward once the you know, hopefully the pandemic ends. I'm going to do a slight downer, though, which is is that it's not inevitable. And the reason why I say that is is that, you know, Dan was saying, like, oh, a boardroom needs to see that, balance sheets, etc. Some will do that. But yeah. the same reason why companies will spend an ungodly amount of money on fighting a unionization campaign rather than just voluntarily recognizing the union and then, you know, like, taking the money that they would have used for lawyers instead of, like, okay... Can we just like do a quick contract and like give you and like and give you some of the demands that you're asking for? Like the reason why is that a lot of times when it comes to workers' rights, and I think one of the reasons why people are going to want folks back in the office, it's not about money; it's about, it's about power. Control. It's about control, and yeah. power and control are the reason why this didn't happen before, and why the people are going to try to put the genie back in the bottle. Now, because we have data on our side, and people have also gotten a taste for it. And um, especially in places that are organized, um, it's going to be harder for them to put the G in the back of the bottle. But the bastards will try because power and control is what these people live for. I mean, uh, have you guys seen like the, the scandal that happened where Microsoft essentially created like spy on your workers productivity software that they seem to be scaling yeah. back because Cory Doctorow like tore them new orifices on Twitter, but it's still like fucking frightening. Oh, yeah. I did not, but I'll look into it. Yeah, no, just like, it's like uh, the 365 suite basically puts in a productivity score, looking at, like, all of your, like, activities on the suite, and it's, in anyway, it's Dr. saying it's bullshit because things like, oh, made, like, you know, it's it's hard putting hard numbers and then disregarding soft stuff, like, oh, 
improved a product or like you know made something better it's just like right. instead it's just like it's it's frightening but it's essentially a lot of the monitor you're saying that a lot of monitoring tools that people um that are tried out on marginalized populations like prisoners and Im- and immigrants and low-wage like call center workers are n- they're now trying to like shock doctrine to L to the rest of us so we're just gonna be like oh yeah uh, my boss is watching my clicks or oh yeah my boss is like watching me eat my, my lunch break through my cup co- through my through my camera like the line must be drawn <laughs> there's yeah, there is a the, there's a level like... of privacy that they want that our bosses want for us and and I don't mean like you know so, but like in general like a, there's a level of privacy that corporate America wants for its workers and it is non-existent the yeah. the Amazon warehouse where you do, where you get where you can't take a piggy break in your in a bottle that's the future a lot of these people want and it is disgusting but it's been tried on work on workers in precarious positions and they're going to be trying it on uh, the rest of us. And this is why we all need to stay fucking vigilant. Sorry, this is a downer, but it's it's it almost fire like, up. it's almost like people who want to be in power are precisely the people from whom power should be kept at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dan, Dan, uh, what 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 thoughts do you have in your head? I feel like the three of us have been talking a bit. Dan more. is like again the most patient ringleader of these unruly frothing children. <laughs> I, I, no, no, like not at all. Children. No, these Except are, we're both these... old. Two of us are older than Dan. <laughs> I was not. I was. I... <laughs> okay, senile grandparents. <laughs> I, I was. I was actually thinking earlier that, and not in a negative way, but, you know, way back when the show started a long time ago, actually. Um, it was like a, a, a meme or a joke that we would always bring up certain things like Super Smash Brothers would always inevitably come up in an episode and Halo. Right. Halo is another one. And it's nice that now it's like this sort of stuff, like talking about workers' rights and scandals and like stuff that actually matters. <laughs> it's almost like we have in- some integrity or something. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we've grown up a little bit, and it's nice. I don't really have anything else to add, honestly. Um, no. Let you all put, it, put all things right, so well. So is it time to talk about uh, totally accurate horse testicle simulator? Yes, I think so. What what um, what is this? Oh, Barrett, didn't you notice? In cold weather in Red Dead Redemption Two, your horse's testicles will shrink. Yeah, I did not know that was a detail. Yeah, I, I someone I guess... spent hours of unpaid overtime putting that in shrinking testicles in cold weather for your horse yep the horses in the back horse stock is attached head is mad at black got the boosters black to match riding on a horse you can whip your porsche i've been in a valley you ain't been up off that porch now can't nobody tell me And with that, I think we will intro our way into talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. So again, just as a quick heads up, we are going to be spoiling Red Dead Redemption 2 in full. Uh, We're also going to probably spoil a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 1 
because there is a lot of overlap. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is actually a prequel to Red Dead Redemption 1 in many ways. Which I've not played one, um, but I've had a lot of the moments spoiled for me. Uh, so it's fine, but I mean, I am curious to hear from you, Dan, as someone who's just played and really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 2. Is it worth it for me to play through Red Dead Redemption 1? Um, it's... It has not aged particularly well. Yeah... Also, and and I honestly, to be to be perfectly honest, I can't speak for like the tone of the game and like the cutscenes, which is probably what Tristan is talking about. Yeah. Gameplay wise, though, I remember a more arcadey style game. I mean, anything is going to feel arcadey compared to Red Dead Two, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into as we go here. But Red Dead Redemption One is very similar, but it feels a bit more like GTA in the Wild West, where. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 feels more like its own thing, even though they use the same engine, or they're using the Grand Theft Auto engine, whatever it is, to power the game. Interesting. Um, so, Barry, you obviously have said, and you finished this one, you haven't played the first one. I've played and sort of finished both. I got to the epilogue for both and then stopped, because both of them have epilogues. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tristan and Allie, what is your... I guess in that order, what is your resume with these with this series? I've never been no cowboy. I've just watched <laughs> cowboy shenanigans. Also just watch cow- that one mod video that everybody knows. <laughs> uh, the animal noises? Yeah. Or like the lady donkey? Yeah. <laughs> Tristan? I sell cowboys and cowboy accessories. Yeah. Uh, so, so... I mean, they always looked very interesting and yeah pretty but it's kind of that thing i have with rockstar games where i'm just i don't like the gameplay of them a lot like i've only tried a handful of Mm -hmm. gta's and i'm just kind of like they're not for me yeah i like driving around in gta playing as um what's his name franklin in gta 5 that was the most fun i had in a gta game so also franklin is like the nicest person (laughs) with that whole cast everybody else sucks yeah i hate them all I, uh, I will also say, I think GTA V is probably the best controlling of any of the GTAs or Ouch. and, and or yeah. Rockstar titles. Oh, Red Dead Redemption geez. 2 is okay. Um, still not the greatest. Uh, um, Tr- Tristan, what, what yeah. about, what's your resume with uh, uh, Red Dead? So again, never, like I've never been a super huge fan of Rockstar stuff. Like, I've always found there's, you know, some entertainment to be had here and there, but never enough to like drag me through the whole like storyline campaign um one of my favorite challenges though is to spend try and spend 20 minutes driving following all the rules of the road (laughs) like stopping at stop signs signaling (laughs) waiting for pedestrians and just seeing how the uh how the game's ai is not designed to take that into account um, um, as for gotcha. Red Dead, I played the original, like, a little bit, I think. God, when did that come out? A long time ago. A long... I, I can't remember... I the... was gonna say, I were you still in college, or had you just graduated college I, when it I, came that's, out? That's what I'm trying to remember. I think I played... Because I know I was still in college, but you were, like, a couple years ahead of me. Two, 2010. 2010, okay. Ugh. So... We were babies. We were babies! We were babies and now we're old and dying. Oh, I'm super old. 
Little Billy! Little Super Old Billy! Billy! <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, so I didn't play it in college. Oh, God, who, who did I play it with then? I, I never owned it for myself, is what it comes down to. Yeah, you just um, played it with a friend. Yeah. So, I have marginal experience. I mean, I know the kind of the big twist at the end and how many people are like, Oh, my heart! But... Yeah, so, both games do a very similar thing with their endings in that the games end and then you play as a different character uh, from the story. Um, Bera, we should... I guess we can move into that, like, our different experiences with the story. Because for me, as somebody who played and for all intents and purposes finished Red Dead Redemption 1, you know, follows many of the members of the prior Vanderlyn gang. And so I got, I came into the game knowing generally who was going to live and who was going to die based on who appeared in Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. and who I play as in Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, so I was curious to get your thoughts. Now, did you get spoiled beforehand or during or after? I didn't realize it was a prequel until I was in the middle of it. Uh, um, I still then learned, but then I basically just learned that you play as Marston. Um, mm-hmm. And that was about it. Like I, all of the deaths were a surprise to me per se. Uh, I mean, or not like shock and surprise, but like, I didn't see them coming. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, that first, the the first death with Sean was incredibly effective. Um, you know the the, uh, the the O'Driscoll guy getting gruesomely killed as he kind. Uh, the the I mean, you could see coming from a mile away that Hosea, the reasonable human being, was gonna die. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> it's like Hosea was uh was uh was 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 great. Uh, and you could see this guy, but Lenny getting shot. I was like, wow, didn't see that guy. I, I wasn't, yeah. And I, I wasn't clear whether, um, uh, the, uh, the, the black and native character was going to live or not. It was happy. To see him. So it's like, it was, uh, and similarly wasn't sure about, uh, about Dutch. Um, gotcha. so like I, I basically wasn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't spoiled about what was going to happen, uh, to the point actually that uh, you know, at the at the after I finished in the end and stuff, I was like, I was until um, gosh, what, what's what's the name of the of the person who of what's the name of the native guy? He's he's a cool dude. Like um, darn it, let me just put this in there because he was a good character and I want to say it. I'll have to go through the I'll have to go through the cast myself because yeah. it's been a second. Oh, Charles. Charles, yes. So Charles, uh, you know, yeah. So I was a so so yeah. So basically, um, you know, like it wasn't until Charles said that he had buried me that I was absolutely sure that Dutch had died. And even then, I wasn't entire. And even then, I sort of vaguely held until until I totally finished the epilogue. I held out a vague hope that like. Charles was lying, and that like just the actual Dutch had, had uh, that you know like who Dutch was had passed, um, which I know was silly, uh, but it was mainly because the ending I got was you know I I went and helped John escape, and then I'm like watching the sunrise as I'm as I'm expiring, 
Um, so, and, you know, and I'd also done, like, the missions with, like, the Widow, um, which we'll get to there, but it was, yeah. So, uh, I went through that story with really no spoilers, experiencing as it was, um, I'll get into it a little later after some other folks talk about my thoughts about it in general, but, uh, I will say that there are so many great moments, some passages are stronger than others, but overall, beautiful, beautiful story, and it's one of, it's I think probably the first game, and it may be influenced by like the voice actor for Dutch's mom at 75, picking it up and playing it and then writing an essay so she could experience her son's work. But it's probably one of the first games where like, I wish I could like, get my parents to play video games and get it. Because I think that if they experience that story, they would get a lot out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And... It has a focused story, which I like, and yes, there are different endings, but they're a bit more nuanced. They're not good guy, bad guy, for the most part. Exactly. It's, it's like, okay, you do certain things, you'll get a, maybe a slightly more favorable ending, but at the end of the day, Arthur has tuberculosis. Arthur is going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and, Aww. Yeah, and... Spoilers! <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> why, why do you guys bring me here to spoil things I, I, I'd like you to talk a bit about the tuberculosis because uh, if you would uh, Dan because I I think that is that's one of the huge pivotal emotional things in the game and it's kind of like a turning point where the trend and it's not as if Arthur's trends haven't already been going towards it but he begins to like reassess his life and try to uh, and try to basically do more good with it before he dies, and it's yeah. incredibly powerful. So I, I was just wondering if you could talk about your experience playing that and your thoughts of like how that the, the tuberculosis turn, if you would. It's awesome. Uh, in particular, the scene with um, yes, tuberculosis with... is awesome. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Tuberculosis. No. Particularly the scene where Arthur is riding back to the camp and it's playing that. Um, Unshaken song that oh. was written for Oh gosh. The, With the golden light and you hear yeah. people talk to the lines from people that have talked to him through it. Yeah. And he puts on his hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so good. But it, you know what it actually reminded me of with the last game that did something effectively in that way is um, Shadow of the Colossus where you as you go through the game well... <laughs> Spoilers for Shadow of the Colossus, I guess. <laughs> sort of. Sort of, kind of. So, um, so, Dan. So, Dan, I'm pretty sure we've had an episode on Shadow of the Colossus. What? I'm, I'm pretty sure we have a Shadow of the Colossus episode. I don't think we do, but <laughs> I'll have to go I back. I think we've talked about it before, uh, at least. Yeah. Okay. So, spoilers for something we've already probably Maybe. spoiled. Maybe. Spoilers for something we maybe probably already spoiled, as well as a game that's very old. Um, and not even really that big of a spoiler. Uh, but basically, as you go through the game, uh, your character slowly deteriorates. And it's sort of on you as the player to notice that the quest that this character is going on is killing them, <laughs> slowly but surely, um, as they go. I, I had a similar moment with this where, you know, it's a while before he gets the official... Um, diagnosis from the doctor in the game that he has tuberculosis but the game really does a good job of building up to it with you know small coughs here and there and places where arthur where something happens and you're like what's up here like 
is this something I don't know about from his past? Like, is it just one of his character traits, or is it something that he's kind of struggling with? And, you know, you'll be walking somewhere, and all of a sudden, Arthur will have to veer off a bit into an alley just to cough up, to cough a little bit. And you kind of know what's going on, but you're sort of going through it with the character, which is pretty neat. Um, I think that's really effective, too. Um, and yeah, I just, I do like the, the tone the game takes um, when Arthur gets that diagnosis and starts changing his path. And, you know, the quest lines change, and all of a sudden you're, you know, it, it's, his, it's his realization that the life he's had his whole life maybe isn't the best <laughs> he's and, slowly coming to that beforehand but it, it gives him an ur- it gives him a sense of urgency right right and you know what the other thing that i really liked about this game um too and spider <laughs> another random call out the recent spider-man game did a good job of this too and this, i heard that I was great i i really like it um but it did this well too is the game knows when to pace itself for um, constant motion and stress and when to kind of alleviate that and let you do what you want. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of games where it's like, okay, it's the end of the world, but I'm going to go and do these five side quests because I want to complete the game. (laughs) Um, And I think this game does a good job of giving you those moments of peace where you can hunt and fish and explore and maybe try other and side take quests. five years to skin an animal right take five years to skin an animal or just watch your horse take a dump to loot just take five minutes to loot one body stuff like that but then there are moments where it feels like the game doesn't let up if that makes sense Barra. oh it totally makes sense um the combat from red dead veers from like fairly easy to like oh my gosh this is a bullet hell um <laughs> I ever noticed when watching someone play it was every enemy was kind of a sponge. Mm. I, I, mean, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. I just think there are a lot of them. Maybe that's what it yeah. was. It's just like they're coming right for yeah. me well, it, and there's too many. Well, it's kind of a thing. Like if you are only if you are only making um torso shots, um yeah, they will take a long time to go down. However, I pretty much exclusively like aim for the fucking head. And I use Deadeye like a mother. And most everything goes down when you shoot it in the head. Yeah. Um, But one of the challenges is that, like, basically nearly every combat mission, which is frustrating when you find, like, oh, this combat mission, I could have done it, um, requires you to uh, not use health items in order for you to, like, you know, to to get a tick box. So you're encouraged to try to get through the game, get through these bullet hells without using health items. Now... Uh, it's still, it's a lot easier if you do that, but that little incentive makes the game a lot harder than it really mechanically should be, if that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, they they extrinsically reward you by awarding you with a gold medal if you accomplish certain tasks, and they don't tell you up front what those are, but some of them, like Barra just said, are always the same. Like, if it's a combat mission, one of the challenges is going to be don't use a health item. And I should say the health items aren't just like for your health bar. It's also for your dead eye, which is in many right. ways more valuable because it allows you to right. slow down but not totally stop time and then just like tag people. Uh, right. I'll, I'll say that uh, the health item thing was a bit frustrating because I oftentimes would not take any health items in a mission and still not get that tag. So I think that there was... A, 
the the way it counts it, I think, can sometimes be a little off. Uh, like, it's, I think it's sometimes talented if, like, before you do the mission, you'd, like, eat food to, like, get yourself up to full. It's, it's weird. Um, I never way, found a way to consistently get that. I have a lot of bronze medals to, to, to work through. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of bronze and silver medals. Um, it's always frustrating when it's, like, a mission where you're just riding around and you get, like, a silver medal. Like, really? I gotta go, like, back through this... <laughs> I have to go faster? Really, motherfucker? Yeah. Really? Right. Uh, right. Or oh, like, I haven't you know, unlocked the Palomino yet. God, right. come it's on. Like, it's, it's like complete mission in four minutes, and like it took you like four minutes and two seconds, and it's just a mission where you're like riding a horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff does happen. But I, I never, I honestly never really went back to the missions, but it was interesting. I to went see back to I... one, and then like, and then I found out that it actually didn't change where I was in terms of like, right what did to the actual game it was only for checks then i was like oh fine um the speaking of horses i actually played the game through with the entire horse nearly the entire way but uh i ended up he i fell off a cliff when i didn't have the uh when i didn't have horse reviver and i was running back to town and then i was murdered by wolves so so alan my horse um (laughs) which made it all the way to the final chapter died i still got another one and i believe i still got the um uh the, the the moving um uh, your horse's the that that the moving like thing where like your horse dies at the end of the game if you've been bonded enough to it but it was still um there's only had two horses in the game basically except for like you know the one offs for missions but it was still uh it was still sad that that wasn't Alan who who I who I saw dying before me uh I, I will I will say that it's a yeah I mean the the game oh one thing that Dan talked about when I was just starting to play it that made me really appreciate it a lot more so I thank you for this Dan is that uh, the game is deliberately slow everything you do every action takes time and the game is good enough in that it actually rewards you for that like it takes time to search a body it takes time to search a cabin it takes time to skin an animal Uh, and that might sound frustrating except that helps with the pacing like Similarly, like, I don't like fast traveling as a rule in games, but I was really never tempted to do that in Red Dead because you just get so much riding and then getting these side missions, which have dialogue and rewards, and it's beautiful, and it's just, like, it just makes so much sense to take it slowly, but doing things slowly, I think, makes you more immersed in the world, makes you care more about the characters, and I have never seen a game that is better at making you care about story beats over being a murder goblin collect every box in the room. Like, it is deliberately difficult to do that in Red Dead to be a murder goblin. Like, it's not hard to kill a bunch of people, but, like, even in a mission where, like, you gun down tons of folks, you looting all the bodies is difficult because soon there's it's going to be investigated by the law and you have to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, there's, like, this whole, uh... I mean, it's like a lot of the other Rocksteady games where there's, like, a reputation system going on, right? With bounties? Well, yeah, but but it's not it's just even about bounties anymore. It's just, like... It's, like, yeah, your reputation is gonna go down if you have to do the posse, but you have to fight a posse, and, like, you can die. Um, it's, like, in many ways, combat in random encounters or with posses is a lot harder and more deadly than combat in missions a lot of times. In many ways, because, like, hmm. the enemies are not are are off like in a number of missions like one body shot will get an enemy that's not the case if there's a random encounter or if you're dealing with the law you got to hit him in the head or you got to pump tons of lead into them 
I would agree with that, and I would also tell you that this is one of those few games where I was so motivated by the story to play Arthur in a convincing way, where I didn't necessarily want to just go around and kill everybody. Mm. Like I wanted to do, I wanted to do right by Arthur. <laughs> Arthur is an incredibly compelling character. Uh, uh, why don't you talk about your your thoughts about like our, I mean, I'll I'll splurge about Arthur soon enough. Go for it. I'd li- Go for it. Okay, so Arthur is really awesome, and one of the big kind of you know differences between playing the epilogue and playing Arthur is just like. I'm sorry, John Marston, but Arthur Morgan is a far more interesting and compelling character. Agreed. Um, and the main reason is that Arthur, there's a lot of complexity to Arthur, even when you play him. is He's he's someone who, he has the classic cowboy, like, stoicism, and he's, uh, he's a man who's, like, oftentimes is, like, he's not a whiner. He, he, like, meets adversity while, like, kind of, like, that classic Western grit. And, like, you know, Marston complains, bitches, and uh, is is just, like, in whines. And Arthur Morgan is the exact opposite of that, while at the same time being, uh... He's not a toxic character, though. Like, is he, like, perfect as a human being? No, is his flaws also work, but he's, like... He's someone who is, like, you know, who, who is tolerant, has a good... Who is tolerant, who has a good... Co- who has a good conscience, who is... You can play him, and I did is like you know, is unceasingly polite. Um, he takes it. He ta- He's a very. He's a very interesting. He's he's a very compelling character, and uh, he's just fun to inter- He's just fun to play. It's fun to play a character who is fun to play like a classic cowboy, but at the same time also is like you know, polite and gentlemanly and sad and by the end of it haunted because as the game when the game starts out and you start out the game really after everything's gone to shit with a with with your outlaw gang which is led by Dutch Vanderland who's this big charismatic outlaw who people follow not just because he's uh he's he's a, he's a good he's a good thief but also because Dutch is uh has a vision of like of freedom and people being able to to, to to live it to, to live as they choose, and it's a vision that slowly but surely through his own actions, as you see through the game, but also the changing of America, becoming impo- becoming impossible to maintain. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and so Arthur, when he starts when he starts out, you know, like they tried to rob a ferry, and then everything went south, and they had to leave their money, so they just have to go into the into the mountains, and then they come back down. And in the beginning, Arthur's baby likes to okay, you know, Dutch has a plan. We're going to follow it. We're going to get through it. Um, but as time goes on, you see that Dutch is in many ways beginning to slip into madness. He's, has, um, he's beginning to listen to bad counsel. And you're seeing that Dutch's plans aren't fully thought out. Uh, and they have uh, – and they, and they backfire. And you also get the impression that even if everything went right for Dutch – the unexpected consequences could still be disastrous, um, which I think we'll talk about when we talk about the Guarma mission. Um, it's And as that happens, um, I, Arthur begins to question you know, what he's done with his life more and more, and then also he then has to go and confront uh, his own mortality and trying to make the best of it and trying to make it so that he takes... He basically 
takes care of people and tries to do some good before he dies. And it's interesting in that, like, Dutch never is searching for absolution. He, like, he specifically says that it's more that, like, he just feels like he should do the right thing now. And it's, it, it, he should try to do, be like, see if they can do, like, one or two good things before he dies. And that's really poignant with, uh, with some of the last missions where you're, like, wrapping up the threads from earlier in the game. And it's cool. It's a, it, it allows for a very satis- for a very satisfying story. And similarly, seeing Dutch's descent into madness and amorality and you know and moving away from uh from the ideals that he's been preaching uh and uh and making is is also in the other compelling thing like just as it's compelling to see arthur uh redeem himself which literally culminates in the mission red dead redemption so it is interesting to see dutch and it's interesting because it's you don't really know if uh it's debatable whether dutch was ever whether dutch changed or whether people got more wise to like you know what dutch was doing and i kind of take the kind of middle view that i do think that dutch genuinely was better at this whole outlaw thing beforehand but at the same time there were always flaws in his philosophy and especially in his in his execution of how he was trying to uh, lead this group of people and take care of them and it had ultimate tragic results uh, anyways, uh, that's a lot of talking and thought about the game in Arthur Morgan. Uh, I'm going to tag you guys in. Oh, okay. I, sorry. I, Allie, I thought I heard you try and ask a question earlier. but Oh, uh, no. Well, not exactly. It was mostly just uh, I kind of had this visceral, visceral in a good way response to when Barris said the thing about Dutch wanting to find a better place for his people, and it I mean, it's not really the same story, nor the same place, but, like, it kind of gave me, oh, brother, we're out there kind of vibes of, like, just wanting to live your life and do what you want. Yeah, no, I... I was also wondering, like, after hearing what Barra had to say about the character of Arthur, who, for all in, like, all I've heard about compared to, like, John Marston from the other Red Dead, because I know people love John, but, like, something about... Arthur appeals to me a little bit more and I'm trying to exactly put my finger on why that is as somebody who hasn't played these games. It sounds to me he's more like a Kiryu. Yeah. So I I think the best way to describe their relationship and those characters is I kind of look at it as like Arthur's like the older brother even though they're not brothers. Like Arthur's the older brother and John is the younger brother kind of thing. Yeah. Um, John's a bit more wisecracking carefree you know, and emotive in that way. And Arthur... Because I like that in a character, too. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Right. But also self-pitying, though. And yeah. also not being... And also not necessarily being as kind or as good to the people who, who, who love him. I mean, it's not as if Arthur Morgan doesn't mess up in his own personal relationships right. as well, but you kind of see in many ways it's Arthur has bad judgment in terms of personal relationships. Whereas is that John Marston doesn't understand the luck in many ways that he's fallen into with it. It's like, you see that Arthur Morgan is a slut for toxic relationships in all levels of his life. And John yes. Marston can't get his own head out of his ass until it's too late. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, <laughs> <laughs> Um 
particularly if you like play the missions with his um his ex where oh. she just leads him into all these crazy shenanigans oh like, i do I, I i simp for her and it's uh, i mean not really like <laughs> what i really want what it was like is there a way for you to just like go with the nice widow lady or the nice lady who becomes an author who an author who's clearly into you like yeah. there's far better people for you in your life but nope gotta sip for this woman who keeps using you yeah exactly <laughs> um and i really think that this style of game like that rockstar makes lends itself best to this type of experience because one thing i with a lot of these like open world games is it feels like the missions you're doing are a lot of fluff and this is that a lot of the time too but because it's about a gang of people going through something together you you it it works it's a slower paced game to begin with so it really is about those relationships so when you do a mission that involves you just going to a bar and getting drunk with lenny oh like, so good it's it's like so freaking good where in another game with another cast of characters or situation may just be like why am i doing this right now why are you wasting my time game like it's like just perfect in red dead redemption uh or at least in this game rather um, yeah oh yeah no i mean and you know that 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 those bonding missions with lenny where like lenny right. is like, because, you know, you, you get drunk with him, you go and, like, blow away um, Confederate sympathi like Confederate sympathizers with him. It's just, like, it feels awesome. And, like, you know, you build up a relationship with him. And then when he's killed, and he's not killed in, like, this whole, like, oh, blaze of glory way. Yep. It's killed in, like, oh, we're running on the rooftops together. And then, boom, lucky dead. shot, dead. Yep. And it's like, wait, was there something I could do? Could I have saved him? It's like, no, you can't. Nope. You can't. He's just dead. He's just going to be killed cruelly randomly and there's nothing you can do about it but that's the other thing i like about the game is it doesn't it doesn't like uh what's the what's the word other than arthur who definitely gets a blaze of glory like um all of the other characters and the way they handle their deaths is very quick and like almost transactional no like, it's just like running across the roofs and yep okay this character i've spent bonding with over all these missions just got shot in the head and we have to keep moving otherwise we're gonna die but, Which is like how is life right. in that kind of like way of living just right. freaking goes, which sucks. But but there is something you can do. It's the same thing you could do in the original Red Dead Redemption. You can have a second save before that happens. Yeah. That you just keep going back to, and it's like no, it's fine. Everyone's it's like how people alive. went back and played the very beginning of a. Uh... Heavy rain, thinking they could save the kid in the mall. Yeah, oh. that definitely never happened to one of my friends in college. <laughs> no, I can do it. I swear. I just gotta figure out. I gotta be better at the quick time events. So I'm gonna say something with how I played the game, which I have a little regret about, just because it means I can't just go back to Arthur stuff. In that I played it with no saves. Um, I just like went through it and. Until I just went through it and basically, you know, what was, 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 yep. and, you know, a lot of, I like, I play a number of games with, um, with kind of like an internal canon. And so I played Arthur as a pretty good guy. Like I, I didn't even Same. have to like farm karma in order to get like a hundred percent good dude at the end of it. Like I, I liked playing him as a white hat, uh, but there were times where I'd like go to help somebody and then I'd click a random button and they would yep. get randomly killed. And yep. I basically just kept that into like, oh, you know, like yep. bad shit exactly. happens to Arthur. He's got to move on. And yep. 
at the beginning of the game, I also kind of had this thing where, you know, when you, so when you're dying in a mission, it just restarts. But when you die outside of it, you have this whole, like, pay it, pan to the sky, and then you just, like, come back to life. And I had this kind of internal thing that, like, Arthur was kind of a, a tortured soul, basically meant to, like, live out, like, like life on Earth. And, like, he was basically <laughs> just, like, he, like, remembered every, like, in my headcanon, Arthur remembered the events for when he died previously. Uh, Arthur nice. will remember that. And it's, it, 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 it was almost like a dead man type of thing, like, you know, the, yeah. the weird Johnny Depp, Jim Jarmusch western that doesn't totally work, but this works, but it, this works pretty well with it. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's, the, the, the headcanon stuff was, and I also, uh, it's interesting because, like, as time went on, Arthur became a prison abolitionist. Whereas, like, at first, it was like, "Are I going? How do I?" Fit? Like, it was like, I was like, "Okay, Arthur's not going to take bounty missions, and whenever he sees anybody being captured to prison, whether they're worthy or not, he's just going to go like shoot the cops and free the people." <laughs> yeah, you know, Arthur strikes me as one of, and maybe I'm reading this wrong. Mm-hmm. You D and D nerds can correct me, but Arthur strikes me as like a truly chaotic, neutral character. Uh, sorry, chaotic good character. Yeah, you can play. You basically, I think your choices are you could play him as like chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. You could play him as chaotic good or chaotic neutral. I mean, I think there's a way to do it, chaotic evil. But who wants to taunt everybody they meet? Right. <laughs> like, yes, yes, he's like a, an outlaw, and he's he like you know conducts robberies and all this other stuff. But he's also like helping women picket for women's suffrage and like you know all this other like little little fun things he's doing and helping people to live and <laughs> you know he takes offense to you know the shady business practices of you know what some of his cohorts are doing but he's also still a robber you know he's, <laughs> he's so still stealing i want to killing i want to ask you what some of your favorite sections and missions were because i certainly have some thoughts but i'd love to hear from you what the yours were and uh and and what were some highlights and see where where we overlapped yeah, so I want to posit that it's been a few months for me. I know you, you've more freshly finished this game, so I'm going to mm-hmm. be going back to some of the some of the things that stuck with me, I guess. Uh, one of them is what I mentioned earlier, which is the um, Lenny drinking mission. Mm. I, I just loved um, how it kind of escalates, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, I really actually I really like the beginning. Mm. I like how it starts in the snow. Um, very like hateful eight vibes mm. and how they you know it, it, it it's a good way to restrict your control while presenting an interesting opening to a game where things are just really bad for them <laughs> and they're trying to make their way out of it um so i really like the beginning just overall like all that whole i forget if it's a prologue or chapter one but that whole first piece i really like um i think that the all the stuff leading to and around Guarma is really neat. Um, even though it's pretty short-lived. Mm. Uh, and the individual sequences aren't that long. I really like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we should talk about... After this, we'll talk about Guarma specifically because it has a lot of... Guarma serves as a narrative function that is a real surprise and also like just like tantalizes you with like what it could have been if Rockstar decided to um, to to make that area more explorable. Yep. Um, I really like 
the moments this isn't really a specific scene but i really just like the moments towards the end of the game with um rains fall and eagle flies oh oh i so <laughs> wanted to find a way to unfuck them <laughs> um who is uh for those that don't know is basically a, a native american tribe that are basically being targeted by the army <laughs> uh, i also thought it was a pretty um deft thing of rockstar to just make it so you can't use weapons in the native american settlements yeah because yep. like i was like you know what i and I, I'm, I'm actually really glad that no right-wing asshole like decided to pick up on that or maybe they did and i just didn't hurt it because it essentially means that you cannot massacre the native american population um which you know what i think is totally decent considering of the utmost horror that um have with in many ways the uh, the Wapiti tribe is kind of a stand-in for like you know your Lakota, your Cheyenne, your Nez Perce people like you know folks who were fi- who are like fi- fighting up until up until like the near the end of the 19th century and uh, and yeah it's like if you read about the history of that it is pretty it's uh really awful like the amount of the amount of oppression that has gone on to native communities in this country is awful so it's just that little bit of like you can't massacre the natives in their homes good good on you rockstar thank you good on you for doing bare minimum not being <laughs> yeah holy shit no, it's, it's not a gold medal thing it's just i appreciated that like right. this that they didn't they, have to backwards right they spent development it. time on that they could have just let you walk in and you know <laughs> also i'd like to shout out uh bethesda for making it so i can't murder children in skyrim <laughs> Wait, what's that? Wait. What the, oh, why can't I murder they, babies in Skyrim? Wait, they they made a mod for that? Oh, cool. Never mind. Um. The uh, another one that sticks with me for some reason, I think it's because it's the first major heist, is the uh, train heist, where you oh yeah plant the, plant the dynamite and then have to like r- run you know um run down the train picking off the people and then get to the end of it where you like set the dynamite that was pretty cool yeah yeah that's a great one and of course the i mean the whole thing was cool but the gray braithwaite area and like the uh the burning of their of their um mansion plantation that so that was my i think that whole area and section was definitely my favorite of the game uh, yeah. Like I love the Romeo and Juliet missions. Uh, yeah, I loved when like you're going to find the kidnapped boy and you like burn down the plantation. Yeah. Uh, that oh by the way, uh, I found out like I, after like several chapters later, I went back to the the plantation and I found uh, I, in order to conclude the Romeo and Juliet thing, I found like the the matriarch's burned body and I was able to loot a unique item from it. Yeah. Um, but no, like that. Uh, it actually has one of my so in terms of my favorite missions like uh, you know like the stuff with the the great like, I mean but one of them that really stands out from there is one I almost didn't do which was the one where like someone asks if you can retrieve uh, his his ledger from his from his house that's like basically person who said that like you know my whole like basically he he wants wants you to retrieve like his items because he's just fallen on hard times and everybody hates him and then you go into his old ruined house and you discover that this person used to be a slave catcher and it's this like slow dawning horror and then you like go to him and 
you toss his ledger into the fire and you're like, yeah, yeah. And he's ba- oh, yeah, that was a good And he's basically too, yeah. like, fuck you. And Arthur Morgan's yeah. basically like, fuck you, you're an awful human being. And it's just like, it's powerful. It's... Yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not hammed up. It's just like the slowly realizing horror of just who this person you tried to help, and then the rejection of him, and uh, literally what if? And I'm, I decided it was good to to have him like just live with feeling awful. But one of the big decisions in that game after the mission is concluded is like, do I shoot this slave catching piece of shit in the head or not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, other like missions that really stood out for me were um, this Romeo and Juliet where you have these two yeah. uh, feuding families, one of which is this suffragette woman who, like, the guy loves her for being a suffragette uh, and for being smart and progressive and such. And I lo- I was like, oh, am I ever going to hear from them again? And then they send you a letter and you help them to escape their awful families. Uh, yes. And <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and go for a better life in Boston, which, uh, to quote off the market, oh, they're going to love you guys up there. And... <laughs> It felt great. Uh, there's this little mission where, um, in the corner of the map, you have to ride really far where you find a widow whose husband has died. I don't know if you played this one, Dan, or not, but then you basically teach her how to hunt and she and shoot, and she's really grateful, and then you go back to her and you do more stuff, and when you're sick, she, like, she, she, she takes you in and helps you, and then in the epilogue... Oh, I did not do that. Oh, it's beautiful, and... Like, you see, like, Arthur getting a human connection with somebody, uh, but you also see that this is happening right, right as he's dying. Um, yeah. And you can go back in the epilogue and infor- several years later with as Marston and inform her that Arthur Morgan had died and this woman who's now, like, come such a long way and is a lot more self-reliant and is alive and homesteading. It's like, yeah, I know, he, he helped me to survive. Um, it is really cool. Like, you basically see the thing of your good deeds uh in terms of your bad deeds which then you tried to make it uh the whole mission where you uh beat the farmer unconscious and then take his money over that thing uh is really disturbing and the debt collecting thing gets yeah. disturbing but it has such a powerful payoff in that you find out later on as you're dying that like the farmer who you drove off who who, who died as a result of your beating and who you actually he was sick you get tuberculosis from him you find yeah. out that his son is working in a mine, his wife is working as a prostitute, and you just try to make amends by giving them money. And it's cool in the sense that the woman, like, you killed her husband and she doesn't forgive you. And Arthur specifically, like, I'm not looking for forgiveness. I'm just looking for you to get out of here and start your own life. And it's really, it's, I mean, I'd be very curious for uh, to to see Ali to play it and get her thoughts because um, you know Ali has oftentimes like a I feel like a great degree of moral clarity um, and thoughts on this. But Aww. no, I mean you do. I say, but I think a cool thing about this one, you agree, Dan, with that series of mission stuff is that it's a really good example of like how to deal with the bad, awful, or even straight up evil things that one has done in one's life. I think and. How to approach making amends without putting the burden of expectation and, you know, like, but without basically, without making it about yourself. Like, basically, mm-hmm. without re victimizing. Because, like, in that whole sequence, Arthur doesn't re victimize his victims. He's not like, right. now you have to forgive me, or now you have to have me in your life, or now you have to think differently of me. Yeah. He's more just like, 
I did a bad thing. I'm sorry for that. Here, let me materially compensate you and get you out of this situation because it's the right, right thing to do. Not because I need you to forgive me. Not because I need yeah. I need absolution. And that's not to shit on or like you know like forgiveness and absolution are a beautiful thing, but there's something that can and should yeah. come because someone is choosing to forgive you, not because you're doing things and deserving of it. But just because someone's not willing to forgive you doesn't mean that you aren't still entitled. What why you still still shouldn't do right action and still shouldn't try to repair the damage you've done. If that makes sense. Yeah. I was, I was wondering what your it's thoughts on that. interesting that you... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go on, Aline. I just want to hear your I just, I really like hearing about this side of the game from people, because to be honest, a lot of times... And this is mostly because, again, like, it was never really a game I was super interested in playing myself, because I'm not big into, like, most of uh, Rockstar's games. I did say Rocksteady earlier, didn't I? It, I meant it's Rocksteady. fine. It's Everybody okay. knows what you meant. It's okay. Uh, every time I've said Rocksteady in this cast, please let it be known, I meant Rockstar. Wait, wait, um, you didn't mean the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character who fought alongside Bebop? I can't hear you, Tristan. What'd you say? Wait, you mean you weren't talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character who fought alongside Bebop against the Turtles? <laughs> But um, it's like, you know, the first one of the first things I heard about this game was like, oh, haha, ha, there's a suffragette. You can beat her up. Oh, haha, ha, you can hogtie people and like drag them along. And like, I mean, look, if you're going on and on about how you can beat up a suffragette in a video game, you got a lot of problems and I don't really want to be your friend. <laughs> but like all that other goofy stuff aside, it's nice to hear about the more like, I want to say like, not maybe nice, but, like, actually impactful, meaningful things about this game beyond the, like, the dumb things you can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you could... Like, it gives this game a lot more depth than I thought it had. Oh, no, the thing is, you can play, do stupid shit, but, like, if you, but, like, if you care about the story and want to play it as, like, as this beautiful, is as this beautiful, bittersweet western, it, it is, it, even though there's funny bits, like, uh, you you often you are helping out an artist who does an exhibition where it's all nude paintings of like other men's wives and also other men and then you have to <laughs> amazing then you have to like get into fist fights to get out and eventually he cross dresses and smuggles himself to like Tahiti where people finally like him and then the drawing he gave you at the beginning of this whole five mission quest line ends up like you know it's a there's silly parts in it there's levity it's not like all things all the time, but, like, if you want to play the serious shit for serious, it'll get there. Uh, I am, do feel bad that, um, I didn't finish the moneylender quests, because, like, you know, you're loan sharking, and it makes you feel bad throughout it, and then I didn't do the last loan sharking quest, but then I found out, if you do the last loan sharking quest, you, uh, kick out the loan shark from the game, because you're, si you're tired of, uh, because you're tired of, uh, robbing poor people. So did that happen for you, Dan? Yes, but you know what I find interesting about this is, I never did those art missions either, and it's just this is a classic Rockstar thing where I going back to the talk about crunch and development time there is so much in these games that can be found just in the wild through exploring that you may never find and it's almost like the game doesn't want you to find it like <laughs> entire 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 sets of missions that I didn't even know existed like whatever that art thing is you just mentioned I've never even heard of that did you ever find the cave that had like I remember watching my husband play this game 
And he found, like, a cave with dismembered body parts that were arranged in, like, weird symbols and things. It was so creepy. I, I didn't. Think that so. exists. I do. Yeah. I do know that there is like a ghost and a vampire in the game. <laughs> and I've seen the ca- like the Which cannibal storyline too. Yeah, there's a there's a serial killer storyline as well. I don't know if they're related. What? There's a serial is, killer storyline. Is that story the one with the brother and the sister? Because there's like the no, incestual. That's yeah, that's so that's a group. I forget the, what's the name of that group. Uh, Farrow? the Murphy Brood. The Murphy Brood. Uh, yeah, there's and... just I don't know if it was like part of a bigger side quest or anything, but he just like happened upon a cave that had like bits of dead people and like weird. It's like um, it almost kind of made me think of that bit in Game of Thrones. Spoilers for whatever season of Game of Thrones this was. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like when uh, the people from uh, the Bolton clan like skinned people and yep. like. No, was it the Boltons or was it someone else? They like the ripped people's arms off and like made them in weird fleshy circles on the walls. Oh, the white well, the, the White Walkers. The White Walkers, thank you. The White Walkers did that shit. So yeah, I mean, I, I, the, I so I didn't know that there was a serial killer mission. I, yeah, I it's actually pretty close to the um, to Valentine. There's a, for lack of a better word, like an overpass of a train. And if you go under it, there's like a leg sitting there. And if you find in, in like a note, or basically like a what you, what you call it? What is it? Oh my god! What do you call the the thing that the like a serial killer leaves behind is like his uh, calling card. a calling card. Calling card. Okay, I just said yeah. Just I talked myself through it. Um, <laughs> and a calling card, and it starts a, si- a serial killer quest, which I didn't pursue. But there's just so much stuff like that that, like, you can just go up a random cliff somewhere, and there's just, like, a person there. And they'll have, like, a whole series of, like, five quests that you can do for them. Like, somebody who's looking for, you know, an archaeologist who wants you to find all these dinosaur bones. And somebody else who's making medicine who wants you to help them make different new medicines. And, um, you know, that art mission you talked about, Bear, I didn't even see it. Um, But additionally, on top of that, on top of just missing stuff outright... The game also cuts off certain missions depending on how far you get in the game. Oh. Oh, I don't know if you notice this, Barrett. No return are the worst. Right, but basically there are there are missions that you can just flat out miss if you don't do them quickly enough. Interesting. Huh. Like it's like it's like interesting. And like so, Bear, I don't know if you ever noticed like the missions were numbered strangely. Like it, you would have done like a mission. It was like something three. Mm. And and then later on, it was like something six. And you're like, where was four or five? Where were four and five? Oh, that's because you didn't get to the mission in time. And it actually left your mini map entirely and was no longer a mission because the game progressed far enough. See, I mostly tried to finish all the missions that I saw. Gotcha. Like something comes up and I basically tried to go to it. There's also other missions that are uh, time of day. Uh, related, yep. which I noticed, uh, the uh, the mission. So you got you met Tesla in the uh, where like you did a little boat sinking mission, right? Nope. You didn't. You didn't get to meet, get to meet Tesla. Nope. Okay, so Nikola Tesla is essentially <laughs> he's not named Nikola Tesla, but he's essentially Nikola Tesla is a character in the game. And in San Denis, you can like use a little remote controlled boat submarine to sink remote controlled boats. And then later on, if it's nighttime. You can, in the corner of the map, you go to him and you plant lightning rods in order for him to create a robot. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, there's a, it's, it's funny, 
I, I love, uh, I mean, like, I love so much about the stories and such, uh, and I love that you there's discovery, but it also is interesting. I, there's a part of me that really wishes it was a lot easier to, like, you know, find and go back on a replay or, or you know, in the epilogue, well, find some of those other missions. By, by the way, Bear, unless there's a way to go back and do them, you were talking about how you tried to do all the missions. Hmm. There were there are points in time in the game where me doing one mission and then another one after it actually negated others. So like I would get to a quest hub and I do a mission and then I do another one and then one of the missions that I didn't quite get to yet would just disappear or be replaced by another one. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah. it's almost like prioritizing the missions like this is the thing that interests me and then the game just removes the other one later if you don't get to it in time. No, for sure. I'd say it's interesting, uh, yeah, and it's a uh, man. I mean, there's there's so there's so much uh, good stuff. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Guarma because uh, Dutch is the before and after Guarma is like a real like. I mean, first, so when you're like in that when you're in the area with like the feuding families and stuff, you're making money hand over fist. And then slowly but surely, it gets harder for you to make money. Like, I found, I think it was around in St. Denis, even beforehand, it was like, I, it's more difficult for me to get cash here. Um, and I wasn't even spending money on, like, so, like the most thing I spent right. money on, which is probably stupid, was, like, getting rid of bounties and such. But it was just yeah. like, oh, I no longer have, like, money to burn. Oh, and to up, to upgrade the camp and to uh, and to do the, uh, and and to pay off my uh, bounties and such. Uh and then, but Dutch is talking about, we're going to go to a boat, and we're going to go to Tahiti, and we're going to have this tropical island paradise. And then your the bank job that you do, your last bank job, goes south. Hosea, who's your, fa- who's your, sur- like, Dutch is a surrogate father, but Hosea's, like, really like your dad. He's, like, the older con man. And yeah. you and Dutch and Hosea are kind of, like, the triumvirate of, like, the OG outlaws. Um, Hosea gets killed, and then your friend Lenny gets killed. So basically, your dad and your mentor were both gunned down in this. You barely escape with, and two, and uh, and you know that like Marston gets captured, and you don't know what's happening to Charles. He basically does like a suicide run to make it so you can get on this boat. But then you're on this boat with lots of gold, heading into the Caribbean, yeah. and what happens? Your boat sinks, the gold goes, and then you find yourself on this tropical island, Guarma. Which is ruled by a nasty uh, sugar plantation governor, who and is in the middle of like a and is in the middle of like a socialist revolution, and you help the revolutionaries, and you es- and uh, you're able to escape the island. But this whole thing of like tropical paradise, you mean it even in the best situation, it would mean that you're just you're leaving the states and going into a new place with new problems, and Guarma perfectly capsulates that. It's also yep. cool because it's like it looks totally different from anything else you see. You see like different animals and such. It's basically impossible to explore. Uh, I think that there like people have done like little hacks and there used to be a lot of ways to look at more other parts of the map. But essentially, you basically are just immediately thrust into story missions until you go. But it's yep. beautiful and also your inventory is gone when you're in Guarma. Uh, you basically right. have to deal with what you have. It's really hard to heal because it's basically just like, okay, where can I find another can of beans, if you will? <laughs> and but it's it's a real, uh, but it's it's just this really awesome thing where like Duck Dutch is spitting fantasies, 
And you can see that from the beginning, but then it's even more powerful when, like, somehow one of his fantasies becomes true, and you realize even that doesn't solve your problems. Um, it's Me at the gang at 2 a.m., desperately looking for beans! Mmm, <laughs> beans. It's, it's a real deal. Uh, it was, what, what, what were your thoughts about the, the, the Guarba stuff, Dan? I mean, I, I thought the same thing you did, which is, like, it's like, okay, here's this dream that we've been pitched for the entire game, and here it is. This is the dream. Uh, <laughs> Living the dream. Living and I think it's dream. also just a great, like, turning point in the story where, because I think it's pretty pretty soon after that, that things really start to go downhill with Dutch and the way he's handling things. You see his mind is really slipping, and you see his morals are very questionable. And I think it's soon after that that Arthur also gets diagnosed with tuberculosis. Right when you come back from Guarma. Yep. Um, You know, Micah is now, like, has a larger say in what they're doing. And, of course, that's another one of my favorite moments. I actually think the twist that, um, that Micah was the one working with the Pinkertons the whole time I thought was actually well done because it's so obviously him the whole time that it can't be him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, like, this guy sucks. Like, there's no way he's the spy. And it turns out, yep, nope, he is the spy. <laughs> no, and I mean, it's also doubly tragic because, um, uh, oh, he, uh, Dutch's girlfriend, who's trying to get your attention, shows up drunk right when you get back from Guarma. And she says that she talked to the Pinkertons, and then she's killed uh, suddenly by for like for talking and breaking the code. And then you find out that like not only is Micah the spy, but she never talked. She was just sad and lonely because Dutch is a terrible boyfriend. Right. Like the literal worst boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, it's equally sad, of course, and frustrating as a person to watch kind of Micah get in Dutch's head and. There's really not a whole lot you can do about it. Read that was I thought it was actually pretty effective. No, for sure, it's definitely it's definitely something where where it's, it's where it's like you're seeing that Dutch is you're seeing that Dutch's mind is fading, and you're seeing that Micah is making him compromise himself more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, because Micah is telling Dutch what he wants to hear, as right. opposed to uh, Arthur telling him the hard truth that like no. What you're doing is not working. What you're doing is not working. And Micah's just like, it's fine. We just need to move on. Cut this dead weight. You're still the you're still the man, Dutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, and I mean, there there were in terms of like things with the game, like I think it's one of the things where like I definitely enjoyed. I think the beginning parts more than some of the middle parts. Although the ending was still fantastic, and like you know the stuff with the. Uh, with the natives was great too. I, I do wonder if some of the things which were less satisfying were less the game's fault and more that it's a game where it's not totally like the outer worlds where I do think it's like meant to be say where like, you know, binging can really get you negative returns as much as whereas that I think that like sometimes things are like good for savoring and other times it's just like, uh, not so much if that makes sense. Um, like what? I don't know, which I guess, like, you know, after after I got back from Garma and stuff, there was just, like, kind of, like, stretches of it where I was, like, you know, less... I mean, I was still playing, but I was, like, less less into, less into it, per se. There was also, like, some times where, like, the writing... And I think this may just be kind of, like, the thing of, like, you know, the way missions are numbered and stuff. And the writing or what happens in the journals and all this and, like, totally synced in. Like, you know, you're coming to the conclusion that, like, Dutch really can't be saved and people need to get out and you're telling... Uh, 
you're telling John to just like when the time comes you run and then you know when you're going to uh, save Eagle Flies from the from from the fort you you're talking with Charles and be like oh you know Dutch just needs to be turned around here it's like I thought we'd concluded that Dutch was a bit of a lost cause uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so like so there's sometimes like little hiccupy things like that uh, yep. and then it's also I mean this is mostly just like the 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 journal entry where you question whether it was necessary but uh, of all the madnessy things that Dutch did, I actually don't think shooting Leviticus Cornwall in the head was a bad thing whatsoever. Yeah. And I feel like I just wish that they had been able to put that in there or like had other madness indicators. Other and there was enough. And it's like because the thing is, is that Leviticus Cornwall is legitimately shown to be a bad man, to be sending Pinkertons against you, to be. Uh, stealing oil for the Native Americans, oppressing people of Guarba for sugar, and uh, yes, he deserved to die, clearly. And and Dutch Vanderlyn was as good as anybody to shoot him in the head. But yeah. that was about like the only uh, like small point on that. And it's but still at the end of the day, just like you know that this whole arc of Arthur like becoming disillusioned and then trying to save what he can who he can with the time that he has is beautiful and he's in many ways arthur's kind of like a classic stoic character in that not just in the stoic and the pop sense but it's kind of almost like the classical sense where like he's trying to control what he can control he's trying to control what he has power over and change and that's how he deals with this awful diagnosis of tuberculosis is just like okay you know like my life has not really amounted to much, but I can, but I still have time to do good with the time that I have. And it's, it's a powerful thing. Uh, really powerful thing. Yeah. Anyways, Dan, Allie, there's a lot, and there's a lot, of, there's a lot of other characters we're not going to talk about here. Cause we'd go on all day. Oh no, you're going to talk about also, them, Dan. You're going to talk no, about them. But, but we're also, but I also just want to note that I think some of the other great moments in the game are the times where you're just kind of winding down with the group. Like when you're, you're almost forced to have a party <laughs> yeah. with everybody and and hang out and see how they all interact with each other. Um, even when times are bad, I think it's kind of, kind of neat too. I like, I like those moments. Oh, uh, the part that, that first party where like you debt, where you dance with Mary Beth and yeah. uh, it's just, yeah. and you listen to Pete and you do, the, the songs are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, those are, those are, th- those are quite special. Um, so one mission I'm very sad I never found is apparently you can stumble on a KKK rally and either kill all of them or like have like the the see the fiery cross like fall on them. Uh, oh, I I don't know that I stumbled across that mission, but I definitely stumbled across them and murdered every last one of them. Uh, so you found the clan <laughs> and then executed swift justice upon them. <laughs> yes, that is perfect. Uh, while I did not get the pleasure of executing swift justice upon the clan. I adored getting to every. I was like almost like Christmas every time the Lemoyne Raiders showed up. It's like okay, yep. I'm gonna murder you, ex Confederates. Now um, yep. it's time, and it felt very yep. good. It's like no guilt, no mercy. Headshot, 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 headshot. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was a mission or not, but it was. Yeah, it was definitely a. I, I found them. I think it was near the um, the Grays and the Braithwaites. That whole area. I forgot what they, what's the name of that area? I don't remember. Uh, Lemoyne. Lemoyne. Oh, that was Lemoyne. Okay. Yeah. It's like Lemoyne, Saint Denis, uh, the Heartlands. Yeah. 
I will also say one other interesting thing that I, and again, I, I didn't beat the uh, epilogue, but there's entire new like countryside that opens up when you play as um, John. Yes, yes, you can that, New that Austin. I, that, that I never explored. So did you get that? I didn't, only within the story context. I will say oh, that, okay. like, I sort of feel like the epilogue would have been a lot better if it was, like, maybe shorter and such, because, like... Mm-hmm. It was it was still cool to like get to that last mission, but I don't know just like the real powerful story is the main story, and yep. you know once essentially the epilogue is like John Marston building his his is essentially John Marston learned to be a ranch and his wife leading his wife and kid leading him because he can't get away from violence and then him built buying a ranch and then building it up so he can uh, so they can come back to him. And then slash also him going to murder Micah, which he eventually succeeds at doing. Yeah, um, I, I, I see the um, I see the epilogues of these games as sort of more just we want to tell a complete story and a tragic one with our main character. And now, if you want to keep playing, you can be this other character. More than they really cared about. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like the the storyline almost doesn't make as much as much um, difference. It's more about you can keep playing the game if you want. Exactly. Pick up where you left off with John, because the first one does the same thing, where, you know, John is murdered viciously by the people he was working for, at the end of Red Dead Redemption One, and then you take you take over as his son Jack, um, and the epilogue of that game, and his mission again is also revenge, on um, the people who murdered his dad. But yeah, uh, no, I mean it's a. It's definitely, like, it, 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 I do think it's to allow you to keep playing the game, uh, and also, I think, to make it so that the people, the, the, the bastards who are still alive when you die tragically, you can exact bloody revenge upon them. But, uh, again, I, I know, it's just like, the, it's, it's more, it's more powerful, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more powerful kind of, you know, like, outside of that so like while i don't regret playing the uh playing the epilogue i think it's totally legitimate that after arthur dies you can just like choose not to play it um because (laughs) after all you've already put probably 40 to 50 hours in just to get to um, 80 percent of the game 80 percent of the game which which leads me to my experience with this game overall which is that when i first played it it was on a playstation i believe and it was i just wasn't feeling it like i really enjoyed the first one at the time Mm -hmm. and this one it just i just wasn't feeling it it was just so slow everything is so slow and methodical in this game and it's a very very long game i mean we've already talked about all the stuff that i missed and it still took me like 40 to 50 hours to complete i'm not even sure how many hours it took me to complete the game um (laughs) but it is it's uh there's there there is there is a uh, there it, there's just, there's just so much, and it's so good. It's it's a, uh, and again it's something where I where I do really want to. Well, it's it's something where I do wish that there was. It makes me wish that video game culture, if there's just more folks who would be like willing to or just like accessible. Like okay, it's like you know understand that you can have this amazing media experience if you uh if you delve into this thing because it's red dead redemption 2 as a movie 
is not the same as Red Dead Redemption 2 as a game. The game, the gameplay, the pacing, the 50 fucking hours are what <laughs> are one of the things that the fact that you could discover random stuff is one of the things that make the game a game that's worth playing and it's uh it's so good. It's just really yeah, really good. It's just very slow and and I, I will say I think it took COVID to put me in the mindset to say I'm going to sit down with this thing and <laughs> and go for it. <laughs> I, I, I I do not think that... I think this game... This game was clearly popular and a lot of people played it. But I think a whole lot of more... A lot more people played it when COVID happens. Like, oh yeah, now is the time for me to sit down with a big, beautiful, beautiful hmm. video game. Uh, I'll also say that like this game uh, very much is... Uh, it's a once again a testament that people like single player experiences <laughs> i mean it's it, i know what every ea may say I, I know it's a crazy thing to, to, to that we have to literally keep on harping at this but like you basically you see this nearly every time that like single player you know like red dead redemption 2 hugely popular witcher 3 after you know like hugely hugely popular everybody wants cyberpunk Fucking Skyrim! Skyrim! Everyone keeps on playing and replaying Skyrim. It's a single-player game. Uh, the Mass Effect trilogy, single-player. No one remote like it's. It, it's not as if you there aren't really good game. Uh, uh, it's not as if that there aren't really good and worthwhile multiplayer stuff. But it just I feels like there's this giant yawning appetite for single-player. And it's still not getting the respect that I think it that it deserves. I think probably because it's just you cannot prey on people's gambling addictions. You just have to literally sell them a game, which seems to be not what a but, lot of these people are interested in. But Barra, if there's no multiplayer, that means they can eventually stop playing. And if they stop playing, then they don't have a reason to give us more money for the thing they've already spent money on. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it really does. Uh, and even this game oh, no. has... Who will think of the poor Twibbleway video game corporation so Yeah. Uh, Bobby Kotick uh, needs his dough, apparently. That's right. So, I, I agree. And, it, you know, I, I think it also comes down to, like, what type of game you like. Like, you know, one thing, one thing that I've often struggled with is what makes a game a game. And I know it's something that a lot of people talk about. Mm. And it's not really for me to decide, <laughs> right? Um... I tend to gravitate towards certain type of experiences, though. And one of those is single player, and I think it's just the escape that gaming offers. Uh, just like watching a good movie or, you know, um, anything else. Listening to music, it's the escape that it offers me. So I, I think I tend to gravitate to single player for that reason. And also just what I grew up playing um, also is why I, I love the medium. So uh, I agree. Cyberpunk is going to come out and is going to sell gangbusters, and people are still going to give us the the old people don't want single player game stuff. But no, it's going to come whatever. out and people and and similarly, you know, like I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just too far gone. But you know, Bethesda created a lot of really amazing single player games, and I do think at some point someone at Bethesda is going to get it into their fucking head or going to do the back to the future thing 
Maybe we just need to give them another single-player Elder Scrolls game. Maybe Cyberpunk, like, raining money onto the polls in CD Projekt Red is going to make the people in Maryland be like, okay, maybe it's time for us to uh, just give them Elder Elder Scrolls Five, And... Because it was four with Skyrim, right? No, five. Elder Scrolls Six. I stand corrected. However, I will say one thing that... I'm not sure how to read it is that Microsoft now owns Bethesda. Mm. So what are they going to do to recoup those costs? <laughs> and how are they going to treat things? I mean, I think it's fairly obvious that they're going to be Microsoft exclusive. They'd be stupid not to. Of course. Make those games Microsoft exclusive. Mm-hmm. But how is that going to impact the development? Is it just them giving them more money to make a good product that people will buy? Or is it going to be... <laughs> microtransactions and multiplayer and live services and season passes and battle passes and uh, all that fun stuff. All that garbage. So right. it'll be interesting to see. Well, so I, I will tell you this though: I'm waiting for them to put out Skyrim on Game Pass already. Come on, people. Hey, I'm waiting for them <laughs> to put out Skyrim on my toaster. Okay, it's yeah. been too long. <laughs> Give me Skyrim, woo. On everything, like, give me Skyrim on my TI eighty three calculator. Now, now that I have dead, a now that I have a PC that can run it, because the last time I had a PC it couldn't run Skyrim, it could barely run Oblivion. Um, I want to play Skyrim so I could try all the mods out. But it's gonna take you so long to do that. Yeah, longer I, than you'll actually end up playing I Skyrim. Know, I know, but now that I now that I know Microsoft owns them, I know it's a matter of time before they put it out on Game Pass. So I'm like, I know the day I buy it. The day I buy it, they're going to put it out the next day on Game okay. Pass. So, alright. So, so what I could, so from Dan and Bear, from everything you have said about the good parts of this game, all that says to me is that, dear God in heaven and Ali, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me. You two need to play Yakuza <laughs> because everything that you guys said you liked about this game. There are now seven Yakuza games. But I, I guess for me, and we're going to... We won't go to do it. Said, good. So I'll tell you the main hesitation I have about playing Yakuza, Trace. Is I, I guess I'm just not really into the idea of like a lengthy beat-em-up that's terribly culturally Japanese where like you're mostly... Um, where, you're trying to protect, where you're trying to protect little children. I like it's like I I, I, I did I don't I don't knock the game I don't it's like you know I, it seems like a perfectly legitimate premise but just like I don't know maybe maybe I just need to get over that and like play this game and but it's I mean but it's just like I'd I, say it's how I don't really like cowboy stuff and also like they're very yeah. similar in a lot of ways but they're also I think really different like, they're, like they're... one style of playing. The Yakuza games are way more polished, and again, I'm just not a big fan of Rockstar's mm-hmm. janky gameplay. <laughs> yeah. To put it nicely. And I, I will say um, that with Red Dead, the janky gameplay is used in many ways to further the story by, like, slowness and such. But it's... Okay. I mean, it's like... this: The narrative is written in such a way that the janky gameplay actually works. But it's still janky gameplay. Well, it's only, yeah. not, it's only not as janky because it's so slow. That's right. the only reason why it's not as janky because it's the same engine as GTA V. Really, uh, I, I didn't know that engine was that old that they were playing oh, yeah. it off of. Um, well, then, Barry, I also highly then, rec- then recommend you highly check, highly check, uh, highly recommend you check out and start with Yakuza Zero, 
which is before the introduction of Cinnamon Bun. So I would be, uh, I, I'm going to ask another thing in terms of like games I haven't played but are excellent in single player, and so single player goodness. Um, should I just then, I mean, I have never played a Persona game. Should I just play the uh, Persona Thief game? <laughs> Like, oh, you guys loved it. Don't. Oh, Barra. <laughs> I... Wait, 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 wait. So, wait. so Barra, Barra. What, t- what time is it? How, two hours into this podcast? Yeah. Um, yeah so, Barra. <laughs> so, Barra. So, Barra, here, here's the important question, okay? Mm-hmm. Before you play any Persona game, are you ready and willing to drop 130 hours of your life into a game that is one half anime one half dating sim and one half JRPG. <laughs> this would be Persona and it would be Persona 5 I should play, right? This would it's be 5, 4 or them. possibly even 3. But isn't Persona 5 like the best one? I I would say I, I mean I haven't played the other uh, most of those. I tried five 4. Is, I, 5 is the most polished. Yeah. It has the If most I'm going to give 130 hours into something, I want the most polished version of it. Um Five is also about uh, rebelling against those uh, people who abuse authority and bringing them to justice. Yeah, no, I, 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 when you got when we casted about it, I was quite intrigued. Um, like, put, yeah, I, I mean, again, it's that thing of um, I'd say. So this is my my part. This is Ali's personal opinions. I really like five. I prefer four even though I think both of them don't make good on their promises in some ways of what the story is about. Mm. Because a lot of what both these... Like, my example for Five will be, it's about rebelling against authority and not, like, being shitty towards children. (laughs) And then in the same fucking game, one of the kids that gets abused then has a sexy costume, even though she's the victim of, like, sexual harassment from her teacher. Like, game! Like... The point you're trying to make that you made so beautifully before, you just did a fucking 180 on. Yeah. And don't give me that trite bullshit of, she's empowered! No, she's a teenager <laughs> who was sexually harassed by her teacher, who her classmate is pretty much confirmed to have been raped by the same teacher, and then tries to kill herself. So, ah! Yeah. Then the, then I, would, I love the Persona 4, series so the, much. Then there's Persona 4, which is about the power of friendship and killing God. Yeah. I prefer, I pre- Plot-wise, I prefer Persona 4, although there are lots of things that I will recommend it with, with huge caveats, because, again, yeah. it's dated in a lot of ways. But Yakuza... I say this is somebody that loves these very much, but sometimes that kind of, like... It, the, yeah, it's it's yeah. It takes me out of the story that I get so invested in. Like when that stuff happened with Anne, that really put a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. I was like, this is really gross. You can't just. I mean, you did it, but I'm not gonna like it. Yeah. That makes me mad. Yeah, there's some mixed messages in that game as a whole. I mean. Now Yaku. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's it's very mixed messagey, whereas it seems like. And again, these are very made by very different companies in very different countries. It's if, But if we're going to compare them, like, Red Dead is a lot more concrete in what it's trying to tell you as the player. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas a series like Persona has really good ideas about what it's trying to tell you, but then also kind of does a 180 on them a lot to sort of service, to like to titillate their fans. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Or like to, our game's about rebelling against the status quo. I mean... Da, 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 I, and then literally one of the characters goes on to become so a cop in four. Like, what I, what, what? I think is, uh, what I think is actually a pretty uh, interesting thing in terms of like Rockstar not fan servicing is is that as far as I can tell, uh, if you know in Red Dead Two, like Arthur Morgan is not able to, he's not able to have sex with anybody. Um, he's not able. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not able to. He's not able to uh, employ. He's not able to employ. Like anytime you can employ a prostitute, it's like the best. Like the the uh, best. Like you know, most titillating option is politely declining. Um, like it's like you know, it's it is. It's a lot less of a power fantasy than it could be. Um, I think it's much more interested in being a cowboy story, and and an, and an exploration of like. This, this gang and this family and uh, this one man's one man's coming to terms with his life and another man's descent into madness than it is about like oh you're this big powerful cowpoke man and you can do whatever the fuck you want I mean you can play it something like that and maybe by most I think it misses the point of, of the of yeah. the game and what's and uh, what's and trying to, to do. go back I really do love Persona Four everybody knows this especially Tristan and it's really hard to look at something you love so much and then also recognize the the flaws that it has and i'm sure red dead has yes. lots of flaws but it's i don't know i don't know where i'm going on this yeah. tangent no, i just anywho, love persona that much anywho i think um, i think the moral of the story though is that cyberpunk comes out in less than seven days so yeah. Vera, that's what you should just wait for <laughs> wait yeah. is it actually coming out uh, it's actually well, uh, well, allegedly. Well, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Yeah. Its release date is set for December 10th. It has allegedly, had other actually. release dates bef- prior to this. It yeah, may this or is, may not this have. Is the closest, this is the closest it's ever come, but not yeah. by much. Yeah. <laughs> and do we know anything about the plot of 2077? I mean, I know Keanu Reeves is, is, a, is, is a character, but. He's a good, good, good. Ghost. Yeah, I don't know too. I don't know too much, but I've I've intentionally been avoiding almost mm-hmm. everything because it feels like every day they put out some stupid video that's like thirty minutes long, and I'm I'm here to I'm here to figure things out for myself. Yeah, so. it, it, this seems like a game where like really going into it blind helps, and to be honest, going into Red Dead blind I think improved the game experience for me. Yeah, uh, I think if you're going this big. If you're going for if you're going to invest so much time in a game, like you know, just like you know, letting letting the game uh, letting the game open up for you is I think uh, is is the way to go. Agreed. When you're playing a character, phys- you know, in a game, it's better I think to not know anything because you you don't have any like immediate reactions to what happens. You have your own reactions, as opposed to if you know something, then you might change your behavior or mm. not feel it's fair um, but there that's a whole other thing about things and why i don't like when games have like flashbacks and stuff like that but anyway Wait, you don't like flashbacks yeah. in games no because i feel that it 
sort of poisons your so you're you're a player if you watch a movie or a show you're not in control of that situation so you're just kind of enjoying it and kind of seeing somebody else's story mm. but when you're playing a game a part of it i think is telling your own story a lot of, in a lot of games playing the way you want to play and if you know things ahead of time from flashbacks i think it changes the way that you approach things or it makes things feel not right um like uh if you like uh thinking of a recent game or actually Didn't last of us Two have lots of flashbacks what is it last of us part yeah, two that's actually one i was thinking about <laughs> but also like you know what it's a great example right so red dead redemption i played the first one which is a sequel which is the this is the prequel to so i knew what was happening with some of the characters right so i knew that no matter what i did john wasn't going to die and abigail and jack and um, dutch and certain characters were going to be okay because they make it into the next game it's interesting that you say that because like i for for me like i try to sort of follow the philosophy of like it's not what happens but how it happens when you're being told the story but i feel like there is a huge difference when it's like a film or a show versus a game Right, so and like, I'm trying to put my finger on like why exactly it is I feel that way, and I maybe it is just that whole thing of like, you know, you you supposedly have some sense of agency right. because you are right. the one playing, and if the player doesn't have that agency, it you feel kind of right. deflated. Right. Well, that's so it's that's, so. Go ahead, Pearson. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I vastly prefer prefer uh, horror games to horror movies. Um, I like. The moment that always comes to my mind is in Silent Hill Two, uh, when you as James need to t- you need to tell James to reach into this ho- deep dark hole in the wall in the hotel, and you're like, "Oh God, something really bad is probably going to happen. I don't want to do this, but I have to in order to complete it." Right. Like that so, that sense of dread is so much more effective when you have agency as opposed to when you're just a passive observer. See, I, I'm right. just a slut for horror in general, so like, <laughs> give me a horror movie, give me horror games, give me horror style RPGs, just like, pump it, pump it direct, pump, pump that shit directly into my veins. Uh, uh, right, so, so another another example from Red Dead is Dutch himself, right? Like, in Red Dead Redemption 1, we know him to be a horrible person. So when you play the first Red Dead Redemption 2, it's like, what do you do with this character? Well, my instinct is to shoot him and kill him because I know he's a horrible person. I know he's going to do all these terrible things to people. But I can't do that because the game won't let me. <laughs> interesting. It's Wait, so it's interesting that in Red Dead 1, he goes he goes full villain because even in the epilogue of 2, you still, um, right. like, you know, he's still, like, this ambiguous character. Nope, he's a villain in the second one. Interesting. Or the first one, rather. Oh, uh, see, in the first one, I was just assuming that it would continue the characterization and you would, like, feel like he's like and you he's kind of a tragic you feel like tragically nope. compelled that like i have to kill him for my family but you know i still have some loyalty to this guy nope oh wow that is a twist right what a twist right. and so totally that's, that's different kind of... from his characterization in one i mean right. in two sorry 
Right. So like another great example is like Last of Us 2, I think Ali brought up, where okay. So well, I guess we should you should watch that that one because there's a lot of spoilers that I don't want to get into. <laughs> you see this dog that you killed? You played with that dog. Aren't you fucking sad that you killed that dog? Right. So it's kinda like if you knew that ahead of time. You know what I mean? It's like it's kinda like you you know, you treat it kind of a little differently. Than... Right. The, the big problem with Last of Us Two though, is that you literally have no choice in the matter. Well that's what I mean and in, 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 in most cases in games you don't have that choice. Like same thing with Red Dead. I don't I can't just kill Dutch. Like you can't do that. <laughs> Even though you know he's a right. piece of poopy. Right, exactly. He's a real or I know, you know head. You go back and you know that Micah is the bad guy. He's the Pinkerton spy. I can't kill Micah. You now know that's different Majima because the game's a... over at that point. Right. But so you can't, you can't really do much about that. But having that knowledge while you're playing the game for the first time can change your opinion of things. But yeah. that's a yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely feel it's different when you're replaying a game and you're replaying yeah, that can't be helped. Because in that in that situation, it's just like oh. I know this, and now then I get to like see different pieces of information. Right. Whereas if you're yeah. playing a new game, uh, and but it's with care, but it's a prequel. You know, you also know, you know, you also know things about this person. Yeah. Um, but it's but you're still experiencing it for the first time, which is like it's a different experience. Like exploration is different from reminiscing. Uh, well, that's interesting. Like now that I'm thinking about it, and like. Like I said before, for me, I try to look at a lot of media of, okay, if I happen to find out, like, what the twist in the thing is, like, maybe the way the twist is done, it's still, like, interesting and surprising. And I think games can still do that. It's just, I think it's, you have to be more careful with it than a film. Does that make sense? Yep. So, like, my example being, I knew, for the most part, who... And I'm just using this as my example because it's what I've been playing so much of recently. The latest, ex- like the latest X pack for FF14. I knew who the bad guy was going into it, for the most part. But I didn't quite understand what his deal was or how he came to right. be that way. And the way the writing showed it, I'm like, oh, like I basically knew this was coming, but I still feel really sad about it. Yeah, you can make but, you can make it work. It's, I guess what I'm trying to get is, is it seems like it's finny, fin, finny Wow, that's a word. Finicky. Finnyaker? Finicky? Finnickier. More finicky? More finicky. <laughs> I can't talk, apparently. <laughs> Listen to this podcast where I can't talk. Um, it's more finicky. Yeah. With how you execute it. Again, I wish I could, I'm not going to talk about it because you can listen, you can go back and listen to our cast <laughs> on The Last of Us Part 2. But there are there are scenes in the game that you play that are from the past, and once you have knowledge of things that happen in the future, it changes the way that you want to approach, but can't approach the the scene in the past. But anyway, yeah, it's like basically if you if you tell a story like Pulp Fiction in a game, like there are issues with player agency. Is is my is my abstract? Yeah, I think that's I think that's the thing too. Is it's like. Again, going back to my Final Fantasy like example, there's nothing I could have done as a player character to change the outcome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like that wasn't an issue because it's like, oh, the kind of person that this bad guy is, there's no way I would have been able to change his mind. It's just 
not gonna happen. That's just who he is, and it makes sense. Yep. Literally can't change his mind, even though I really wish you could. Um, <laughs> Hello, my name's Ali, and I like really tragic villains if they're well-written. <laughs> I mean, try... Hey, yeah. hey, hold on a second. Yes. And if you like that, you should watch, you should listen to our uh, spoiler cast in She-Ra. Okay, great. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, shit. That was a good one, too. Wait, how are our numbers on She-Ra? Did we get that uh, that sweet, yeah, we'll sweet Zoomer bump? Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no one should see how the sausage is made, you know. It's like 5,000 views um, here, 5,000 views there. That's right, you know. All from two our... million views here. All from our two loyal... Lovingly paired up listeners in uh, in the uh, in 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 Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, Allie and Tristan, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask about our experience with Red Dead Redemption Two? What hat is the best hat? Because I know you can get lots of hats. Uh, Some of them are I want really Dan ugly. to go first on this because I I have a, had a very specific way I played the game. Go ahead. I did it hatless, like. <gasps> you went around with no hat on your beautiful sad the head. Oh my god! The thing is, is that like sometimes I would pick up people's hats, but you know I die a lot, and also I get thrown oh, no. from my horse. I think you know the hat falls off, and honestly, Arthur's beautiful hair and beard is just good enough to look at. Um, oh, ooh, speak, also, but, but then how will that, people um, know? You're... How often did you shave slash cut your hair? Uh, I let it get pretty grizzly, Adams, but then I had a certain length I liked to it, so I would go to the Sandinese barber and do it up. I will say in the epilogue like... that Marston, like, J- M- uh, Arthur Morgan, he need to get his stuff out. Like, he looks good with a beard, but it should be, like, a light one. Uh, Marston doesn't really look good until he has a beard down to his chest and hair down to his shoulders. Then it's, then it's like, okay, I can I, deal with it. But, but Barra. I, I do want to... But Barra. I, I do... I, sorry, Tristan, I just want to say one thing about that, which is that... Um, I think that's the perfect way to tell if you're in in for that game. You have to picture the scenario that if you shave or cut your hair, it has to grow back naturally over the course of hours of playing the game. Yes. Before, before you can. No, I like that. That's cool. Before you, bef- like, <laughs> if you want a certain hairstyles that are suited for long hair, you need to spend hours and hours letting your hair grow. And again, if you cut your hair. That's it. You have to let it grow again for a very long period of time before you can do those hairstyles. You can't oh just god. click a button and pick a hairstyle like in most games. Anyway. Oh my god. I like love that and hate that simultaneously. Yeah. Shaving has what consequences, Allie. Shaving has consequences. Sorry, Sorry Tristan, I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, because so, Witcher 3 did that with Geralt's beard. Yep. Um, way back when. Alright, but Vera, Vera, if you don't have a big fancy hat... How will people know that you're a really important schmuck guy? Because I have a gun. Who needs a big a hat? Cowboy. How will people know you're a cowboy if you don't have a big Guns, hat? Guns, Allie. The answer is always firearms. and you have Guns are just for compensating. It's all about the big hat. All about the big hat. You know what? The, the firearms beg to differ. I'm talking about that B-H-E. Big hat energy. Yeah, I honestly just use whatever hat was around. Except when I was in the winter area, or the, the winter areas, the snowy areas, Dan, thank you. The snowy, okay, the, well, at least Dan is not, no, you know what, yeah, you know what, Dan, you live that hat slut life, yeah. you got that big hat energy. Yeah. This, this isn't fashion born, but come on, guys. Um, 
were there although at the same time i'm imagining bear's character having the long flowing locks and beard and i'm like you know what let it fly free yeah. don't let it be contained so just get one of just get a uh get a jotaro hat get one of those uh jojo's hats that those hats that are also part of your hair, hair. yeah <laughs> look forward to part two of our jojo spoiler cast hopefully coming soon I've never watched a JoJo's. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, so so someone who is Jotaro? So somebody uh, somebody posted on Reddit today. Supposedly there are JoJo's poses in the photo mode for Cyberpunk 2077. I saw that. I'm like, I saw that, and I wondered if you had seen it. Of course, I have seen it. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's why I didn't DM it to you. I'm just like, I, I really hope this is a thing. Oh. Were um were there any other questions on Red Dead Redemption Two that uh, Allie or Tristan you had? Yeah. What's your favorite color horse? Alan was a nice tan, so I'll go. With yeah, that. the tan horse is the first one you get, right? Yeah. By default. Exactly, that's the one I got. <laughs> is there a super special horse like in Breath of the Wild? That's like the best at being a horse. Maybe and dies a I don't less. know what it is you can certainly so uh my girlfriend lexi would be the person to ask about this because she was really into getting special horses and customizing them and stuff when she played the game uh so there's apparently some really sweet horses that you can go and do stuff how much did it cost to unlock the unshorn fetlocks dlc unshorn fetlocks yes what is this uh so so fetlocks are a they are hair that grows on a horse basically down near the ankle Mm -hmm. so if you ever so like Clydesdales for example Mm -hmm. typically have like big bushy fetlocks and it helps them move through snow better oh um there's a there's a joke that I think started I think it started way back I want to say with Red Dead Revolver I think that's oh you picked a horse with unshorn fetlocks? How unseemly. How uncouth. <laughs> How barbaric. Unshorn fetlocks. Oh! Well, all, all of the horses that I saw were shorn in that area. So. Same. Even the, even, like the, even the Morgan, which is the one where you might think it would be unshorn. Hmm. I think they just... Can you pet the dog? Um, That's my other question. Can you pet the dog? Is there a dog and can I pet it? Yes. Right? Is there? Because yes? there were like Come on, dogs y'all. that I had to murder because... No! They, I, th- I didn't I think, ask if you can murder the dog. I think there are... Well, you can interact with pretty much every animal as far as I remember. Like, obviously you can pet your horse and other stuff. But I think... I want to say there were dogs somewhere that you could pet. But maybe are there I'm cats that you can pet and give scritches to? Not that I remember okay. seeing. How many animals can you pet and which one is the best to pet? <laughs> Y'all asked me to ask questions. I got questions about your cowboy simulator and I want to know what's the best animal to pet. Definitely um, grizzly bears. You can pet a grizzly bear? No, it will probably kill you. <laughs> but you can try. You can try to pet a grizzly bear. I was going to say, I do remember watching my husband play through the entire, like, weird circus sideline quest or whatever oh yeah with like where you find out where 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 you find the the woman is in the is kind of an abusive mother and abusive to, she's an abusive mother to the uh 
to the large giant guy and an abusive partner to this to the small man, but in the end they're also sort of a loving abusive family. Yeah. Well, there's also like the guys like this is totally a zebra and it's like a horse that's like got stripes painted on oh, it. Oh, I something. didn't get to that part. I only did the the two the two missions of that. Or maybe I'm misremembering. All I know is there was a funny circus uh, quest line, and I enjoyed watching that. Yes. But see, now you're gonna make me want to play the game to see if I can pet a grizzly bear, and uh, I'm gullible enough to try it <laughs> and die. All right, all right. Who it. would who would win in a fight between Morgan and Doc Holliday? Uh, Morgan, because he has dead eye. <laughs> the the, the dead eye is, is the thing that makes it happen. Who is, out of your whole crew, the most rootin' tootin' son of a gun in the entire Wild West? Hmm. I'm just throwing cowboy lingo yeah. at you now, I'm sorry. Probably, probably Lenny. But if you ask for who my like favorite crew crew member is, uh, actually no, it's uh, it's, uh, it's Sadie Adler is the most rude and tootin' one. Yeah, I was gonna say Sadie is, she the, is she the last that you're sweet on the most? No, no, Sadie Adler is the woman who like at the beginning of the game, uh, your rival gang has killed her. Uh, 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 the, the, your rival gang has killed her and uh, her husband and widowed her, and then oh. she comes into her own as like a gunfighter and and bounty hunter. Oh, okay. It becomes like a amazing like outlaw and her you know um and it's like it was her calling she just never knew <laughs> and uh she's the one who comes up with the master plan of you scouting out the prison where marston is being held via air balloon yeah and so thanks to her which is another cool mission very cool very very cool balloon. mission and it's also another cool mission where like you go to the prison on the island and then uh and then uh, rescue him in an enormous Gunfight, which is yeah. that is that is That's that, that cool. is a that that is a even with 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 uh, with using uh, health items. That's a heck of a fight. Yeah. How many woodchuck pelts could you chuck <laughs> if woodchuck pelts were a farmable item? Do you get woodchucks in the game? I know you can shoot. Ra- I, I've shot rabbits and foxes and ducks. I never found a woodchuck. Yeah. What's your favorite way to eat beans? Straight out of the can and then tossing it. Can. Yeah. What's the best kind of bean? The best kind of bean is prime joint of beef because that fuels all of your cores. <laughs> Multi-core <laughs> cowboy blast processing. Uh, how many? There was, uh... there was no. There was no better answer in the universe for the question. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm like this. Spoiler alert, I'm mad. I, I love you, Allie. Never change. Ever, Yay. ever change. <laughs> how many how many snakes were in his boot though? Zero. Who put the snake in his boot? Vera? Uh, who poisoned the water hole? Uh, I don't know, but I feel like Woody. Would have a rough education if he rolled with Arthur Murray Morgan. <laughs> At the end of the day, Woody would be alive, but he would be like shell shocked and staring into the distance and like looking at his hands Aww. and be like, "What have I become?" And then Arthur. Oh, there's got to be these hands there, can never there, hold Andy. Is there ever a Woody again. mod? There's got to be a Woody. There mod. There has to be a Woody oh, mod. Oh, I'm sure there's a Woody mod. 
If there was suddenly and if there isn't, I'm learning man, how to develop video games so I can... So I'm I learning can... how to develop a video well, game. And then People at the end of all of their part. adventures, if... as Woody is horrifyingly looked down at his hands, which aren't covered in blood, but to him look like it, Arthur would matter-of-factly say, like, well, I guess you're a real boy now. No! <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Arthur probably would be a little more compassionate about that, but it depends on the stage of tuberculosis. Oh, no, this is extremely <laughs> cursed now. I hate it. You've got everything. a friend in hell. <laughs> so, but, by the way, uh, the, the other cool thing about the tuberculosis thing is, is that it has a very big game impact. Like, when you eat or drink things, you start to right. cough, and you can only yeah. heal so much from eating and drinking things because you're sick. So, I was about to say, is Barry going to go on a PSA about how having tuberculosis is a great way to lose weight? Because I'm a little scared. No, that well, seems okay. like the wasn't worst that, way to lose the, weight. Wasn't there this whole weird thing, though, in, like, Victorian yes. England where it's like... Yes, consumption. And how it was like, like, oh, the consumption look is so in right now. It's like the nicest way to die because you're so skinny, pretty much, yeah. Ugh. Why? Ugh. Because vanity. Because vanity, vanity and because people are awful. People. So there's, I, I, I haven't found a, <laughs> I haven't found a Woody, a Woody mod specifically. <laughs> there is a mod that <laughs> lets you be the size of Woody from Toy Story. Oh no! <laughs> but oh no! But but the gun is the normal size. <laughs> oh no! I love everything about this. I'll send a link. Oh, no. I'll, send, I'll send a link uh, after after we're done at this. It's fucking amazing. Oh my god. And there's also one that makes you. There's also one that makes you gigantic. <laughs> anyway. Wait. So you can be like Arthur Morgan, raining down hot lead as a giant. Yes. I. Okay. But there's also one that makes you tiny, like Woody from Toy Story. See, okay. I really okay. Like so here we go. So here we go. Of raining down hot lead as a giant. When you're like dealing with that, uh, uh, when you're dealing with the with the raid on the oil fields and trying to uh, keep eagle flies alive. And, and by the way, your horse is also <laughs> is also small. Okay, okay. So here we go. So here we go. Kaiju fight. Who would win, Giant Arthur Morgan or uh, Paul Bunyan? <laughs> Arthur Morgan has a gun. Next question. <laughs> right, but Paul... I feel like that's going to be his answer to everything. Right, but oh, although Paul Bunyan has an axe. Paul Bunyan does have an axe and a big blue ox, so he has backup. Again, mm, he does have backup. Again, that's true. And from what we've seen, that backup does not as, take as the bucket. As moving and as beautiful as this game is on a storyline level, it's also a game which is moving and beautiful, where you are armed to the fucking teeth <laughs> at all times. I actually, I have one final question right. for you both. All right, all right. All, uh, to, to quote the Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, all right. Can I be your Huckleberry? What's that from? <laughs> and wouldn't your husband have to you... say something about that? <laughs> you don't know what a Huckleberry no. is? No. Oh my god. <laughs> it was it was a thing that Val Kilmer said in a movie and like, what was it called? Tombstone. Oh. It's basically like, pretty much like, I'm your man. Like, I'm your guy I for the job. Tombstone, I'm man. your Huckleberry. That's a movie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what's the actual question? 
I asked if I was your huckleberry. Am I your what guy? What is the actual question? <laughs> that was my question! Have you not been fielding these questions for the past ten minutes, Bear? <laughs> I have? Sure. You can be my huckleberry so long as our actual, all of our actual huckleberries are in agreement. And uh, it is Yay. a platonic in nature. If that is, you may be Yay. my platonic huckleberry. Yay! Oh, I'm a real cowboy! Wait, that- oh my gosh! I'm your Huckleberry, a memoir, is literally Val Kilmer's memoir. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Baron now goes on a journey of discovery. Self-discovery. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, Barra. Sweet, sweet Barra. Well, there's such a world of degeneracy out there for you. That's Red Dead Redemption 2. I'd recommend it, especially during COVID. Yeah, 100%. Like, if you are lucky, you will start it and finish it right when you can take the vaccine. Also, and also I'm ahead, sad Kirsten. because I just discovered that the update I was installing for Devil May Cry 5 is not the one with Virgil. That comes out on the 15th, and was instead because I hadn't turned on my PlayStation 4 in, two, in so long. Oh no! Uh, back to the gotcha salt mines for me tomorrow, I guess. Mm, well, sweet, sweet gold. We'll be coming at you with more content soon. Um, I'm, still trying find get, us on... I'm still trying to get all these folks to finally finish uh, JoJo's Part 2, guys. I'm working yeah, so on we're, it. We're, and also, we're I'm really... looking forward to the second JoJo's. And yeah, uh, for real dude, uh, dudes, uh, I am really excited to uh, for us to do our uh, our for continue the D&D game that we streamed because that was... Yes, uh, that was so, so much, much fun. fun. I still have all my notes and uh, yeah, there's more things for you to explore on your second trip through the loop. Yep, you can find you can actually watch that in the middle of my the massive like twenty four hour stream, almost twenty four hour stream that we did for Extra Life. If you are listening and you donated, thank you so much. We raised we had a goal of five hundred, we raised seven hundred fifty bucks, which is great. I mean, sick um, kids donated giving nice money to help them for the children. Yeah. Um, so that's twitch.tv slash spoiler media. Um, you can the find VOD, our podcast. The VOD, should, the VOD should still be up. Yep. You can watch our, or listen to our podcast and the other 80 episodes at spoilermedia.net uh, slash spoilercast just spoilermedia.net will be right there for you. Uh, and you can subscribe to us uh, through the RSS feed or any of the popular channels. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever they call it. I think they just call it Podcasts now. The Ether. The Ether. You can the find Dark us Web. You can find us in all those spots. Uh, subscribe to us there. Leave a review if you want. If you like it. Um, we're looking forward to come at you with that JoJo's episode, as was noted. We're looking forward to our annual Game of the Year podcast. We've done that a few years Yay! in a row now, so that's exciting. We might, I'm saying we might just so that we don't get anybody's hopes up or expectations, but it's been a while, but we're out to a new generation, so maybe we'll do a Games of the Generation cast like we did last generation switchover, like so, we did when the... So, Dan, I went back. Uh, so for those of you who are wondering, we're on episode 81. Mm-hmm. Our Games of the Generation cast was episode 19. Yeah. <laughs> Holy guacamole. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we kind of start. We started, that was when we were doing it practically weekly, right? Yep. And 
oh, man, how lives how lives change and 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 uh, mature. <laughs> no, it's almost like we live in a hellscape that has no <laughs> but, end. But uh, yeah, no, we did one before, and I'd like to do it again as we go. Um, I mean, just for the sake of ease, that was from the PS3 to the PS4. This would be from the PS4 to the PS5 generation. I use those because they're easy. Examples. Unlike the Xbox generation now, which is... Right. I don't even want to think about how complicated the Xbox is now. Yeah. Although, honestly, they're all getting pretty complicated with the Pro versions and the different versions of the series. And Yeah, I mean, really, we'll probably get this into... Uh, yeah. into we will almost certainly get into this in, the next time we cast, but... I mean, as an Xbox owner, I am very going to be very curious about like, you know, my when is my Xbox One going to not be compatible with new games? Like, that's what I'm curious about because, like, at the moment, the new generation is here, but there is doesn't seem to be a lot of stuff, at least on the Xbox side, Correct. that's exclusive to the new generation. I don't even know if the new Halo is going to be exclusive to the new generation. So it's just a question of like, when does that happen? Because it's going to be weird to me when that happens when I have a machine that is obviously still capable of playing a lot of games, a lot of great games, but if I want to play what everybody else is playing and not just go through an old catalog, I'm going to need to get something else. I know I, I know that that may sound a bit odd. It, it's just a weird thing thing for me as someone who, like, you know, this is actually my, my first, like, console I've ever, like, owned stuff. I would just, I would just, just play things at friends' houses or, uh, or yeah. you know, like, just did stuff on my computer. It's just weird to me that this thing that has served me well, um, I know that there's... I know, it, it's always been odd just in general for me with, like, that we don't have a system where instead of just buying new physical tech objects, we can't just, like, take it in and have it upgraded, if that makes so, sense. So, yeah, and, and I think that would be... I think that would probably be a good conversation for... Um, that, so that episode, the game actually, of the generation. Of the generation. Yeah. Um, so, Barra, you so, so you're saying that humanity has slid backwards since the glory and halcyon days of the Sega Mega Drive. It seemed like Sega had a lot of good ideas. It's just bad execution. Just keep slapping more shit on top of your Genesis. Yes. Yeah, I can dig it. Behold the tower. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have have you all been buying the new consoles? Because I've just no. I've, I've just well, no. We'll talk about the. I'm not. I'm saying like, the last system oh. I ever owned was a Genesis, and I've just been building and expanding on it ever since. <laughs> the most giant Genesis for the ages. Yep. Yeah. I slap an SS, slap an NVMe SSD in there and call it a day. Yeah. Yay! Love it. Um, great. Well, we look forward to talking to you all soon it was nice to have this cast been the first time in a long time so good stuff um ali anything you wanted to promote just be good to each other awesome i stand by that My too darlings. bear anything you want to promote uh no just uh other than you know the newspaper i work at uh, uh read the daily hampshire gazette if you want to see me as uh, work as a journalist and uh you know in the in the meantime you just like keep on uh he, uh, keep your eye on the uh, on the spoiler cast. Uh, you know, we we definitely seem to have a lot of uh, good stuff lined up, and I think you're gonna be, expect expect more new content, and maybe just maybe in the new year um, uh, we'll be able to at least get a uh, to to get a monthly schedule going on. I think in terms of <laughs> I, it was funny that was kind of like my New Year's resolution last year. Uh, with, <laughs> That's why with I was Dad, laughing. <laughs> and then. 
Uh, and so I think that, uh, but but no, I, I generally think that like you know the like, we always want more regular Skelly scheduled spoiler cast. So um, I hope we can do that. And uh, if not, well, I think uh, it's still great to be on this journey. I I, I really don't want to go down too, uh, too many rabbit holes, but I'll introduce this anyway, and then I'm literally. It's just that I think games by their nature of becoming longer and longer um, by design is making it really making it more difficult to do these more consistently along with our own personal lives and schedules of course right right older. but I, I definitely but, do think that it's also not just games but I think the nature of the games that we like to play and talk about yes like yep. we are sing, we, we are single player fiends we're also people who like to complete games and the games that give us satisfaction and drive us like Come on, let's think about the games that we really like that we've talked about recently. The Outer Worlds, which is relatively shorter, but still 20 hours. Um, thank you. It's like, The Outer Worlds, Control, Red Dead 2. It's just like, these are these are not short games. Games that I didn't play, but you guys really liked. Persona 5. Uh, the, uh, gosh, what's the dinosaur one with the high, uh, with the with the attractive lady? Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. Dawn. Uh, it's like uh, games I didn't like that was like Far Cry Five. You know, we will play. We will do a cyberpunk cast. So I don't know. I think that uh, we can definitely do some casts that are. I always am a big fan when we do like uh, movie and TV casts, and that may also be another like play place where we want to where we want to release some more episodes on it. Just because again, if it's games, it's going to be cyberpunk, and it's going to take several months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get back to you in 2022 with that review. Exactly. Um, uh, By the time we finish with cyberpunk, it will be 2077. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tristan, is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, so for more degenerate weebery, you can always follow me on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash v underscore millennialist. Um, look forward to plenty more uh, Fate Grand Order stuff coming because it's December, which means... Uh, so what everyone's been telling me, because this is my first year playing it, but lots of presents, lots of events um, in December and January. And you can also, just as a note, because sometimes the names are hard to spell out while you're listening to a podcast, you can actually find Tristan's, Allie's, and the Spoiler Media Twitch links right on our, our primary homepage at SpoilerMedia.net. Yep. So you can go right there, and the links are there. Please come say hello when yeah. visit us. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah, no. The, you, the, uh, the Allie and Tris are great. Um, they're fine. And, yeah, you, if you like hearing them on the podcast, you're going to love hear them. Love it, loving to hear them stream. Um are you still doing death, any Death Blossom stuff too, Allie, or no? Uh, not as much lately. I have been promoting uh, a lot of Mahjong stuff heavily because I've been doing commentary for the Ginger Cup, and at the time of recording, fingers crossed, the next uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are the finals, and the team I am rooting for is in the finals. Oh, and I hope they win because they're all amazing and really good. And I love and support so, them. Uh, this probably won't be out before any of those games air, but you can go ahead and go back onto my channel and watch some of the vods for them because they're really wait, amazing players. Back up, and I, I know that I think I remember the last time you you played mahjong, but like you were a commentator for the game of mahjong, like. Well, like there's a tournament that's going on right now that I've been uh, commentating but, for. Yes. So like, and this is the, the again, just to be clear. We talk about mahjong. We're talking about the game of old that the that the old ladies play. Well, 
Not just old ladies, but yes. <laughs> yes I, also, I, I we're talking about Japanese. Play. We're talking Richie Mahjong, which lots of old ladies play, but not the old lady Mahjong you think of in like Vegas. No, no, I, I, it's th- that's really cool. Um, I know nothing about Mahjong, but uh, I think it's awesome that uh, is is someone who's like is is someone who's like loves loves tabletop games and is like a big Magic player. Um, and uh, yeah. And who will probably pick up chess after, like everyone else when I finally watch The Queen's Gambit. Uh, it's like chess, but cooler. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, spoilermedia.net. Uh, you can find the podcast and all the episodes there. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. I'm in, Mr. Crash of the world. Did I? Hear a thunder Did I Hear you pray I can't quite remember Just what guided Me this way Oh Stand unshaken Humming Mr. Crash of the world The pines They often whisper They whisper But no tongue can tell